Welcome to File Under Entertainment Podcast with Dylan and Eric. Uh, <coughs> Dylan. Jesus Christ. And I'm Eric. Uh, well, we've reached the middle of the alphabet. It's a momentous miracle. It's, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, I already lost the other things <laughs> that I was going to do. <laughs> I'm thrown for a loop because we have our first guests uh, of the episode. We've been talking about doing this for a while, and what better way than to have the Malcolm in the Middle podcast host. Life is unfair. It's Jake and David. You've heard us talk uh, about them every episode. Now you're going to hear us talk to them on this episode covering M. It's our mega episode. Welcome in, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Also, who would want to hear us talk? Oh, everyone. I mean, I, I said I listen to you guys religiously every episode. As soon as it comes out, no matter what I'm listening to. You know, I, I'm, I've made a... Uh, point to uh, try to get all of my podcasts up to date and by up to date I mean uh, through 2019 into 2020 because I, I have like a, a hundred podcasts that I listen to but uh, every Thursday as soon as you guys uh, post yeah I saw that at look David that's it's fair it's way too many uh, I can't that's why I'm back into 2019 with a lot of these things but every time you guys post uh it's day one listen for me, so. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, I'm day one listen to all, like, eight of my podcasts. So, uh, obviously, that includes your guys'. Uh, it would anyways, even if I were a crazy podcast person. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should be in the hundreds. It's the appropriate number of podcasts. <laughs> Although, uh, I don't know, your algorithm, I think, is uh, probably taking years down to, what, you know, 30-ish? Uh, no... I'm actually down to, like, five right now. Ha. Huh. But uh, I am listening to a new podcast that came out in, you know, 2015, so I've got quite a few years to catch up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I've tried to start uh, pods that have uh, uh, hundreds of episodes like that, and I just I, I can't do it. I'll start listening to maybe the initial ones, and then... If they have like a lot of guests or something, and then I'll just start picking out guests that I care about mm-hmm. or subjects that I care about, just to try to have some semblance of like I'm pseudo up to date. And it's really weird. I I can't. Well, I mean, I say I can't wait, but I think it's going to be super annoying when I get into the 2020 and like everybody's talking about COVID stuff. It's going to be you know, really kind of shocking. I think it is. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I can say it is a really weird transition. Uh, several of the shows that I've been listening to, uh, and including one that just ended, um, it, like I, I've been catching up, and so I, I hit the COVID like the start of it, and to listen to like sort of the buildup, and they're like, well, you know, we're gonna be prepared and safe just in case, and then <laughs> as things spiral out of control in their state, and like they're having to get locked down, and and figuring out how to record from home like we do anyways it's been an interesting listen on those shows but anyways sure i can imagine so uh well if you guys want to talk uh introduce uh, introduce your show and tell us a little bit about life is unfair everyone should be listening to everyone that listens to our show should be listening to your show already anyway because we literally talk about it every single episode but for those not in the know uh give us a rundown 
uh, Life is Unfair is the Malcolm the Middle podcast, where we talk about every episode in chronological order. Yeah, also we have fun with it, because I'm there. Uh, Jake gives you all the facts, and, you know, I, I give you entertaining perspective. And Dave is there to be wrong. I hate you. So much. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Uh, I love the stories, and I think the reason that, uh, well, we, we, it was twofold. I mean, I think everybody in this episode it could probably safely say that it's in our top ten movie favorite movies of all time. Jake, I know that your choice is your favorite. Uh, David, I'm not sure about yours. I think you like it, but you said the reason you chose it was because you have an interesting story, and I love your stories, so we got to hear it. Dylan's, I know, it's his all-time favorite movie, and mine is certainly, you know, top ten. So, um, we'll we'll see where we're at. I was uh, going to get a tattoo about this movie. That's how much I love it. That's my number one. I apologize in advance. <laughs> I'm going to get very upset, but I'm not going to take it out on you. Oh, no, take it out on Jake. That's, that's what I do. So we have to keep... I'm fine with Everyone that. has to keep things civil, and we're just going to say what the, the very alliterative thing. We're going to say, mind your manners. <laughs> do we want to get rolling? Are we ready to go? You guys want to discuss anything else? Uh, I know we're probably going to have lots of tangents that we have to discuss, but going to be three and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah, you underestimate my power. <laughs> How long are your stories? Uh, too, long. <laughs> yeah, long. too long. Too, too long. long. <laughs> stories too long. I waited. I they do Jake, have a habit of going on tangents. I wanted so badly to say too long. <laughs> I, I was going to save it for the perfect part in the podcast. And you just ripped it out from underneath me. <sighs> So, uh, okay, what I was starting to say uh, off mic before you guys, and then you said save it for the pod. So in typical Dylan fashion, he was going to save all the movies. I talked to him, what was it, on Sunday, and he still had not watched a single movie. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, dude, we are doing this Tuesday. You definitely have to, to watch these. So I said, you've seen Moulin Rouge a billion times. If you don't watch that one, I'm sure you can remember that by heart. I guess which one I watched first. Moulin Rouge, of course. <laughs> And then I said, Memento, you've already seen before, and you said you didn't like it. What I care the most about, because we're having guests on, we have to, you know, like, kowtow to them. So <laughs> let's you make sure that you watch The Matrix and Mean Girls at the very least, and then you can just, like, fudge your way through it. <laughs> so, no, he watches Moulin Rouge first, then Memento, <laughs> and, and then Mean Girls, and then he finished up with The Matrix today. He's like... Yeah, yeah, like 30 minutes before Eric got here, just to roll in the credits. You know, I'd say I'm disappointed. Well, that's, how I get, but that's how I go without notes. Yeah, exactly. See, like, I get it. I get it. Dylan is the ultimate prepper, all right? He doesn't do anything until he has to. You guys with your I'm very fans- irresponsible. Yeah, no, not irresponsible, just... You know, you are not doing extra work that doesn't need to be done. Jake makes yeah. spreadsheets for shit that doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> Including almost a spreadsheet about his poop, so... Oh, speaking of which... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we've discussed it on the pod before. I actually, for like several years, from like 2015 oh until like through 2019, I actually was spreadsheeting 
my uh, my defecants. It was uh, it was pretty great. I was doing a lot of traveling for work, and I liked to see you know if uh, it was afternoon or the morning. I liked the home and the way splits. You know, it was. He had a he had a map uh, across his wall with little uh, push pins. I didn't of go every that far. Come on that he had pooped in. <laughs> That's a great idea. It, it, it didn't quite get to that point, but I did definitely have a spreadsheet. And then finally, you know, when I had to always have my phone with me, like I, I stopped reading books, you know, because I always have to have my phone so I can log my dookies, you know, because that's what I was calling my, my dookie log. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I'm like... Pretty soon he started dreaming of his dookies. <laughs> I, I'm... Well, it's like the... The, the times when I like had something that didn't agree with me and you know I'm I'm in there for the fourth and fifth time and I'm like oh my god what what is going on why am I de- documenting oh you know like I did it at 10:50 a.m. and then again at 11:20 a.m. and it's like this is this is going too far I'm a little sad that too you far. missed the opportunity to call it you know like log squared or your log log <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> I I haven't quite gone that far with my spreadsheet obsession, but I do have a new uh, spreadsheet that came about because I was coming on this show, because the the whole reason we're on M is because uh, when you were on our show, uh, after we recorded, it came up how much I loved Mean Girls, and I said it was easily in my top 25 movies. Which uh, bo- both David and Eric reacted like that was insane. <laughs> <laughs> so I-, I do now have a working spreadsheet, the goal of which is to be to log every movie I've ever seen. I'm up to oh, wow. a little over 200 now. <laughs> Just to see Holy if Mean God. Girls was actually in my top 25. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you, so I've also been keeping track of my movies, and that one dates back till 2009, so I've been wow. doing that for a while, and then, like, doing the rating and the links and everything. I can share that with you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty interesting and cool. Uh, but, yeah, I, I haven't updated that spreadsheet in a while. I've just been keeping notes on my phone, just like the Dookie Log, so it's <laughs> like, <laughs> i got to get back into the spreadsheet. It yeah. is, like, 10 degrees in here. Yeah, it's, it's rather cold, but at least we don't have that shit-smelling incense going this time. Yeah, just shit-smelling person. <laughs> Oh, me. oh, you're talking about yeah. You. I'm okay. talking about myself. <laughs> oh my god. So rails were there? Were there ever no, rails? Like I, I said earlier. So movies, guys, right? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of shit, let's talk about the Matrix. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, we're, no, totally joking. We're throwing punches I actually, already. I really, All right. Eric no, loves I, the Matrix. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I, yeah. Not, I can't say that the same about the sequels, but uh, The Matrix. What's yeah. funny is I picked this movie, and I think Eric likes it more than I do. <laughs> well, I just, I wanted it for the story. You said you have an interesting story related to The Matrix, and so that's what I'm waiting to hear, and that's what the audience is waiting It's for. also the only M movie in the top 25 for me, uh, because okay. we didn't well, count, so like, the Monty Python. Yeah, it's definitely top 25. But not top ten. Oh God, no. Okay. <laughs> Leave it to David to be the you know the he's the odd one. He's the, he's got to be the. Uh, I don't know. I I lost what I was even gonna say. We I, love you. I keep thinking your monitor is like going to fall over because like every time you speak or move, it like shakes. Like, oh yeah, uh, the stand that it's on is absolutely trash. Uh, it. it and I can't tighten it anymore without breaking it. Yeah. Um, 
so when I actually build my PC and get an actual second monitor, I'm going to go with a desk-attached uh, thing wow. to mount both of them on, and that'll go away. That's exciting. Yeah, but for right now, yeah, it, it looks real bad anytime there's, you know, air down here. <laughs> if you breathe <laughs> real hard, it wobbles a little yeah. bit. But uh, I promise, it's perfectly safe. It lives through my streams, so it, it'll live through this. Okay. Good deal. All right, so are we ready to discuss... The Matrix. I'll give the the rundown of the stats. Uh, 1999, The Matrix with an IMDb rating of 8.7, Rotten Tomato score 88%, an audience rating of 85%. Written and directed by Lana and Lily Wachowski, but that was back when they were actually the Wachowski brothers before mm -hmm. the uh, gender reassignment. Mm -hmm. Starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, and Joe Pantoliano. It's like a Carrie Ann Moss and Joey Pants uh, movie marathon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've got them in this and also in Memento coming really? up later. So, uh, what's the, Well, I, I guess we should leave it to the guest to provide the synopsis in this instance. <laughs> oh, damn. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I've got one line of notes for this movie for the first half of it, and it's just <laughs> The Matrix. More than I have. <laughs> Enough said, right? <laughs> Look, I knew you and Jake would overnote it, um, and uh, I don't need notes for this movie. I've seen this movie a thousand times. All right, so let's. I get. We'll let Dylan do the synopsis then, since that's his kind of. It's his shtick. Okay, so. so a hacker guy gets uh, sucked into this uh, world where it's actually the reality, and he is born from this little embryonic sack, and uh, there's like robots and like actual. Uh, the reality he thought was real was like a computer simulation, and. The this Agent Smith does stuff. <laughs> oh my god! He, <laughs> he does stuff. I love how it's I, all a simulation, said, man. They're trying to like they're trying to free all the humans and like bring them to Zion or something. Yeah, or something. That's that your synopsis? synopsis. Okay, so the actual IMDb synopsis is completely like random with this one. When a beautiful stranger leads computer hacker Neo into a forbidding underworld, he discovers the shocking truth. The life he knows is the elaborate deception of an evil cyber intelligence. So pretty much exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. spot on. You know, Agent Smith, he does stuff, you know, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he... Also, did you just say that was random? That's like, describes the first, like, four scenes of the movie perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Yeah, they just needed to add a yada, yada, yada. It's all a simulation. <laughs> it would be yeah. perfect. That's the rest of the movie, Jake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a complete synopsis. So my favorite thing about the movie is probably, like, the action scenes. I think they're, like, incredibly well done. I think it was, like... Uh, did Max Payne come before or after Matrix? After. After. This, yeah, this is from mm -hmm. 1999. I think Max Payne was like early 2000s. Okay, so Matrix was the first movie to do bullet time, and then Max Payne was the first video game to do bullet time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, well, and even beyond that, um, there there's some fun trivia that I have for this, uh, but not to get too deep into that. The actors actually had to train for four months 
prior to beginning filming in order... So that they could slow down time. Uh, yeah, that's actually exactly it. <laughs> um, they thought about curving bullets, but at the time they didn't think that mm -hmm. was believable enough, so they, they went with slowing down time. Uh, but no, yeah, they trained for four months with a martial arts choreographer um, wow. in order to be able to do the action scenes for this movie. It's impressive. I don't have that kind of dedication. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I do, but... When you train for that, like, I mean, it seems like a lot, like, in a short amount of time, but, like, when you do, like, that extensive training, do you think you, like, retain that, like, later on? Because they're, like, constantly learning new things as actors. Like, do you think you retain... Okay, I learned how to do jujitsu in four months, and then, like, yep, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a word coming out mouth. What? I don't know. My brain stopped functioning. <laughs> Did you get the 40-minute warning thing on your Zoom? Oh, yeah. we just saw that you upgraded it or whatever. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, sorry. Uh, Zoom is being dumb. Sorry for the distraction. Yeah, this this new world that we live in. But at least we have the opportunity to do this. So it's, uh, it's really cool. Yeah, like I feel like if I learned how to play the violin in four months and then had to play violin like two years later, like I wouldn't be able to play the violin very well. Um, well, maybe not. Uh, but I mean, that's the difference between fine motor skills and, and gross motor skills. Uh, when you're talking about the martial arts stuff, did they remember it well enough to be, you know, masters of it? No. Um, but have they created what we mistakenly referred to as muscle memory? Yes, absolutely. Because that okay. takes about 2,500 repetitions is all. So they still have the neural pathways uh, that are created in order to make those things um, possible and to make them responses and reflexes. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm sure the network is not as myelinated as it should be, so they didn't. Uh, they they don't I react as quickly. Oh, uh, so when you do something over and over and create it as a habit or what we call muscle memory, the neural network literally connects neurons, and then uh, to dumb it down and short shorten it a little bit, literally the connection gets myelinated or covered in like a sheath like coating that's mm. called uh, myelin and that's myelinated fibers and so the more myelin on a connection and a neural pathway the faster it conducts electricity and the faster you can process and, and react and that's what creates the quick reaction and like the instantaneous reactions things like that and it starts with M correct <laughs> not intentional <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I love the uh, alliteration. None so of that is going to myelinate. <laughs> Information has never left my brain faster. <laughs> I hate you guys, David. Are are you a hacker? Because you that was some that was some deep intellectual stuff. Because you just so. hacked my heart. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me, and I'm married. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway. Well, one tangent down, and we're, uh, we're not even at the opening scene of the movie, so... <laughs> 
Uh, where do we? I don't even know where to go. Uh, yeah, uh, Neo. Uh, it's established that he's a computer hacker guy, and he's looking for Morpheus, who mm. is this? Uh, well, what they claim is some international terrorist guy who sunglass like, model. Yeah, the sunglass model, definitely. As long as they don't have, you know, the the ear bands. Yeah. You know, they, so they do you have to like squint on. all the time, like when you're wearing those? Look, he, like they showed him pinch it on his nose. Like no. I still don't understand how it stayed with him. He was jostling all about. You know, with monocles, like you kind of just gotta yeah, wink gotta, at people yeah. the whole time. Yeah. I wish it, we should bring monocles back. <laughs> yeah, monocles also start with M. Yes, it does. <laughs> Masturbation. <laughs> so, okay, let's not just go down that uh, rabbit hole of Edwards. <laughs> I'm not sure rabbit hole was the right way to uh, follow up masturbation, but uh, <laughs> I've seen Alice like in Wonderland. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. Well, so that was my first reference that I like that the Alice, that there's an Alice reference because mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite movies. And so, uh, yeah, Trinity uh, by proxy through uh, the computer screen tells Neo to follow the white rabbit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that when they show up to buy that, what like CD-ROM of some hacking program? Ripped copy of Doom. <laughs> yeah, well, like what was it? They're gonna run it on their toaster or something like I don't <laughs> yeah. know what they're planning on doing. But uh, yeah, he ends up going out to the club where Trinity does the like the really like creepy kind of whisper into his ear, yeah. but not whisper it full. Like what if she had like really bad breath at the time? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, uh, "I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I, I didn't come. I didn't sign on for this." So. <laughs> Morpheus, who's that? I'm gonna guys <laughs> go back to. He's a computer <laughs> hacker, and she's oh yeah, a he... very attractive woman. <laughs> it doesn't matter so, yeah. if her breath stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was '90s computer Fair hacker. One. They were cool then, David. No, they weren't. No, they they had like a brief moment of not being, like, the bottom rung of society, they moved up, like, three pegs. Don't call them cool. Oh, come on. that's not ha- true. Have you seen Hackers from 1995? Come on, we're talking... We got Johnny mm-hmm. Lee Miller, Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Who else was in that movie? This was a film. Yeah, and, <laughs> as, and, as, and as a person who uh, was a big computer nerd shortly after those films and for many years to follow, it didn't help. I promise you. <laughs> I've used a computer before. What? You say I've used, used a computer, computer before? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Always on that internet. So are we going to talk about the movie? I don't know. Or... Is there, what, what movie? What, what is this? Hackers. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh, yes. Hackers. With Johnny Lee Miller, Angelina Jolie. Directed by... Some other people. I don't know. But I remember that it's from 1995. Yeah, and a guy rolls down a hill for, like, forever in that movie. That's the most important part. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds fun. So The Matrix, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter because none of this is real, right? Right. Um, What? No, you you just glitched out there for a second. Can you repeat that? No, I said it doesn't matter because none of this is real. He's joking. I know. And I'm going to repeat it. Deja vu. We changed something. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yes, Uh-oh. We, we did. Jake is laughing slightly different than this time in this take. That's right. <laughs> also, don't look behind you. There's a brick wall. <laughs> the, uh, the whole bug thing when they <coughs> stick the bug in his belly button. Oh, my God. That's the very, like, David Cronenberg. I don't know if you guys know him or are familiar with his work, but the whole body horror aspect of it. That mm. was... Uh, uh, 
It's creepy. It's one of the only scenes that I actually legitimately have in my notes. Um, the, my notes for this movie are very small. Um, <laughs> but uh, the way they... try to write bigger. True. I should have used a larger font. Um, <laughs> the, the interrogation scene from beginning to end... Um, I somehow, like I've mentioned, I've seen this movie like a thousand times. I somehow forgot about that scene. Mm. Like somehow in my memory, uh, the, uh, the, the movie is Trinity meets Neo in the nightclub and then like does the little like lean in close, weird, creepy, I think supposed to be sexy, <laughs> but is actually creepy whisper yeah. thing. And then the credits roll. And, no, 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 <laughs> no. Bullet time. Bullet time and credits. <laughs> and then yeah. it cuts to her bringing him into the house to meet Morpheus. <laughs> like everything in between there just disappeared from my brain. Um, so it was interesting rewatching it. And then, yeah, the bug scene. It's so gross, but I also love the way mm. they do that. Probably feel yeah. pretty good too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I go that far, but uh, I I, if you I don't poop in the Matrix. Do you like poop your pants like <laughs> in re- in real life? Are, are we on this? Are we on the second poop tangent? Um, probably, because <laughs> it's all brain waves. So I mean, but like, the important thing is, is does someone spreadsheet about it? Yeah. <laughs> I I imagine that's part of the operator's job. Like, cause their yeah. job literally can't be to just sit there and dial phones in and out, right? Like, they also have to monitor like your excrement and stuff while you're in the matrix. <laughs> right. I've got to change Neo's diaper again. <laughs> uh. Oh man! So we said thirty minutes per movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even say it. <laughs> Hey, we stop when uh, Zoom tells us that we have to stop, right? <laughs> when, it's, <laughs> when it's 5 a.m. and it's like, oh, what? There's a sun? <laughs> so anyway, bug scene happens, and then... Yeah, uh, oh, so also during that scene, um, we're assuming, again, that everyone has seen The Matrix at this point, so we're not really spoiling anything, and we're kind of painting with broad strokes, but uh, the other point of that interrogation scene when like how can you make a phone call if you can't talk yeah and then then his uh mouth closes over and yeah that's it's really another like body horror scare Mm -hmm. moment that's as a a person who's conducted interviews there are some people that'd be a cool ability to have (laughs) all i'm saying (laughs) just stop talking (laughs) yeah asian smith's cool yeah I, i like the very um direct way that he talks mm-hmm. he's, he enunciates everything and yeah. he, he's very although the amount of times that he says mr anderson is well, kind of disturbing oh, no i, mean, I, I know will, it's his thing. i love that's like one of my uh, this is gonna sound way too simplistic but it's actually one of my favorite lines of like the whole trilogy is just the way that actor says his name and also it's been so burned into my mind that I can't meet someone named with the last name of Anderson without just immediately <laughs> hearing Mr. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's fair enough. Uh. Uh, trivia. Um, I think in like Starcraft or Warcraft, there was a cheat code where it was like, there is no spoon, and then it would do mm-hmm. something. Um, Which game was that? Starcraft? There, uh, I think the cheat code was Starcraft, but like, there's been references to this throughout 
all sorts of video games. Um, mm. Anything that's like been big MMO or been about like hackers and stuff, there's always mm. at least like an achievement or something that's a callback to the Matrix. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, this this movie was actually realistically. I didn't look up the numbers. It's not part of my trivia for the movie, but this movie was actually incredibly low budget for and especially for what they managed to do and it's now become such a massive pop culture influence i mean it, it the special effects are amazing yes yeah. it's, it's like it's such in the zeitgeist that mm. it affected everything that came after it i mean you, mm -hmm. you can't yep. see like even if they were trying to spoof on it and you know rip it to shreds they still referenced it mm -hmm. uh like the whole bullet time thing i mean it was so mm -hmm. innovative and mm -hmm. i i felt that the special effects still like super held up yeah, oh yeah i oh, mean yeah. for being it from 1999 and low budget like mm -hmm. you said i thought it was you know still beautiful, it's beautiful. oh yeah it looks no, great like, yeah it looks phenomenal um on, on top of that there were actually stylistic choices made uh to try to um set the difference between the different worlds apart visually um and it definitely shows. Um, for instance, uh, for the real world, you know, they used uh, everything kind of had a blue tint to it. Um, and that was done in editing on purpose. Even though blue is, you know, like the least common occurring color in nature, it just, it kind of added to that dingy sort of surreal feel that they were going for in the real world. And then everything mm -hmm. in the Matrix, uh, they used a green tint filter on um and then the scene where Lawrence Fishburne and Neo are fighting where they're not in the matrix but they're also not in the real world they actually used a yellow tint um to all of the shots there to try to give the scenes different feels and that's why if you go back and watch it and look at it you can tell visually without any audio or any um cues or anything where they are, just based on the way the film looks. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, it, it's great. I mean, there's. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what other superlatives I could use. I mean, it, I, it's it really still holds up, and it's groundbreaking, and still continues to affect every other you know piece of um, sci-fi action film that comes after it. So in that scene when they go into the simulation of the Matrix, what tint did they use then? Because it looked like... Remember when uh, you see the lady in the red? The red dress. Did they use... Yeah, did they use the um, green tint or did they use the yellow? Because they weren't actually in the actual... Um, you know what I mean? It looked like... Because yeah. I, I actually had the same question. It looks like they use a green in that scene. Mm -hmm. Um but it's it's really hard to tell because it's very bright out. It's really easier yeah. to tell in the darker scenes. Um, but And the only reason I can think of with that would be it's the Matrix, but it's like an older version, which becomes a whole thing later on in the sequels. But that's the only thing I can think of. So it's still technically the Matrix code. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, but theoretically, shouldn't that be like the yellow tint, like the right. training program? That's what because I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure really what they did. Shitty movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, we're going to have fun with the next one. Um, but uh, no, I, I don't think it's a shitty movie at all, and I, I don't think that that was a 
poor choice. I think it makes sense. It, it, the If it's based upon the code itself and what the Matrix is made of, and they're in a place that, even though it's not like the active version of the Matrix, it's still the Matrix. Um, so, I don't know. It makes sense to me. That's fair. I'm right. trying to see what I, else I have for the notes. Uh, oh, I, I think we can agree, ahead, though, Jake. that, you know, the, the scene in Cougar Town where they recreate the scene is much better than the scene in The Matrix. No. that That's a decent sitcom, Jake, but no. Um, actually, it's a pretty freaking good sitcom. But I'm just saying Cougar Town's better than The Matrix. You would. <laughs> because, you, look, this movie is... It has so much to work on and so much that they could have done better. But... At, at every point that I have to make against it, they also do so much so well. And I'm surprised you don't like it as... Oh, actually, you know what? Never mind. That makes sense. Because Jake uh, is, you know, a philosophy minor. So anything that doesn't, like, go really hard and deep into one specific philosophical question while trying to be philosophical, Jake's just going to tear apart. Uh, I, I love the way that this movie is specifically done so very vague to be able to represent and be whatever you want it to be. Like, there's a reason people thought it was an allegory for the Christian faith, as well as it That's contains true. a lot of, you know, Buddhist tenets. And, and so well, depend don't they, even, don't they even say it was, like, about, like, gender identity or something? Didn't um, the directors or the writers, like, say something about how it was... That... That was much I had a later. Who was looking up? But yeah, they, they said that was a, what the movie was about. I had a friend who looked it. up an article and was trying to tell me about it, and then I just ignored them. <laughs> that ah, you pulled a me. Um, <laughs> they they said something about that like afterwards. Um, right. I'm always curious if like because our memories of things and intentions change. So my, I always have that question of was that actually deep in their brain? When they made it, the movie is so fluid through different concepts. Uh, I I want like it could very well have been in their brain, but was it at the forefront? Like what actually was at the forefront in that moment? Because the way it's written is so, I guess, dynamic that it really could have been anything. Um, it, I don't know. I I enjoy and also get frustrated with that because it, it had a ton of potential that they wasted um, in the next couple movies and it also seems like because of which as I found out later um, was partly in, in part to the studio um, but they wasted so much time in the film that as you sort of get to the climax of it um, the the part that starts to make everything make sense and and really tie things together feels like it's like five minutes long and then it's just okay now we're done yeah i do appreciate and wish that that was a practical application in real life just like the way that he learns new skills you know you just <laughs> jack in and then all of a sudden he's like oh i know kung fu and mm -hmm. then he's learning drunken boxing and like mm -hmm. all the different like fighting styles but just like any uh later on she learns how to fly the helicopter just by Yep. You know, it's what a, would you a 20 learn? second thing. What, what would everybody learn? We'll pick one thing to learn. Video editing. <laughs> if I could just jack in and be Sam Woodhill, done. 
I would I would learn the piano. That's fair. Uh, I, for me, it would probably be like a language thing. You know, I would just try to do which one? A lang- Japanese. I've Japanese. Learn Japanese. Weeb. Nihongo. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing specifically because like learning languages is something I've had great difficulty like attempting in the past with like years of effort. <laughs> so I think that might be my choice as well. Well, I think we both took uh, like multiple years of French to very little fruition <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Yep. <laughs> I took three years of Latin because that helps someone. <laughs> If you ever discover time traveling, though, you'll be set for the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah, correct. For sure. <laughs> Settle the so how's debate. That Thirty minutes working out. Uh, you know yeah. what? We're actually barely over it. For us, like we're not even ten minutes over yet. We're we're doing pretty good. <laughs> so that uh, that lobby gunfight that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's an awful lot of innocent people that were just yeah, murdered. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. They weren't like they weren't computer like, they simulation. Were just doing They're their actual job people, too, like security guards. Right. And look, Neo is there to free them. They're no longer in the Matrix. Job done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So this movie has a really weird, and actually the whole trilogy. If you watch them all again. It has this really weird sort of thing where they're like, it's all about human life and the quality of life, and we love life. Also, not if they weren't born outside of Ma- the Matrix, they don't count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but bullet time's a pretty cool thing. And- yeah. So even more than that, and I, I, I'm going to jump ahead, actually, to one of my main pieces of trivia that I actually wrote down though I know I've thrown a ton out already, um, is uh, that that scene in the uh, lobby shootout where they uh, zoom out after everyone's, like, beat and dead, and you see the whole lobby and the carnage and everything as the elevator starts to close, where the pillar crumbles and the piece falls off of it. That was not intentional. It, it looked great. Yeah, I, I had, like noticed it. I was like, "Oh wow, it's cool that they put that in." Yeah, they, they didn't. It actually just crumbled, and they were like, "Oh, that looks great. We're gonna use it." Uh, it actually just fell apart on them. So, so when uh, when Neo goes into Agent Smith, um, does he like delete him from the Matrix? No. Or is he in the later movies? Yes, Agent Smith. Yeah. yeah. He is. Okay. So yeah. what happens? Because like the other. The other programs are like, oh shit, we got to get out of here. Yeah, and they just leave. But if they're if he didn't like just kill Agent Smith, then why were they so afraid? I, I think it's because I, I, I the way I take it anyways is he rewrites the code, like he doesn't delete the program, but the whole like thing of the agents is they can assume anyone's form and be anywhere because right. they're programmed to travel throughout the code of the Matrix. And what mm-hmm. you perceive as people in the in the matrix are actually just codes. So they literally rewrite the code of a person to take their mm-hmm. place. And so I don't know. It's more like Neo is just going in and taking that bit of code that's taken over that person that he's mm-hmm. inhabiting and just like severing it and cutting it off. 
and destroying that right. bit of coating. That makes sense. It, yeah, it showed his whole, uh, like, uh, through his eyes where he could actually see in yeah, code. Yeah. He, so it looked to me like he just absorbed that bit of code. So that's mm-hmm. how he, he gained more powers and mm-hmm. you know, more sentience within that program is mm-hmm. by absorbing Smith. And the other agents freaked out, and rightfully right. so, because they're like, oh, if he's got the power to do that. <laughs> well, I, I think it also goes to the fact of uh, they'd never been beat. Like, right. that's that's a big point in the, in the um, movie is no one's ever killed an agent. And mm-hmm. he just killed an agent. <laughs> um, yeah, right. So, I mean, like, m- like with most people, if you've never been beat and then you get beat, you run away. <laughs> I've never so, been beat. Well, so, well, well, you told us before on the pod that you got knocked the fuck out with oh, one yeah. punch, so oh, you yeah. can't say you've never been beat. <laughs> that was a real Jake joke for you, Dylan. You can't. Come on now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I think we better get into your story. You said you specifically chose this movie because you have a story behind it. So oh yeah, yeah. I, you've been keeping us waiting, so I, it's time to reveal. All right, fine. So, um. This movie has a weird place in my memory. Um, it's the first movie I can remember seeing on the big screen. I had been taken to others, um, but it's the first movie I actually have a, a conscious memory of seeing. And on top of that, um, my buddy and his dad lied to my parents to take me to see this movie. Um, and, uh, I got in trouble and I wasn't allowed to hang out with him again for a while afterwards because, you know, this is back in, like, not everyone had computers in their home. We did, but it wasn't like a common thing to just like, oh, let's go on the internet and look up this movie. You had, you found out like showtimes and stuff through word of mouth, through calling them on the phone or through the newspaper. Um, and it was actually through the newspaper, like a week later that I got like, and I, okay, to be fair, it's not like I lied to my parents. I didn't know that the matrix was rated R until we got to the theater either. Um, and, uh, cause I was nine years old, uh, when okay. I watched this for the first time. Um, so, uh, I no wonder you're so fucked up. <laughs> Look, I saw Jaws at three. I saw this at nine. <laughs> but uh, I, I specifically remember getting in the car with my buddy's dad, and he like drives the block up to where you know my house is, and my mom's out front. And he's like, "Hey, I want to go take the boys to go see a movie. It starts here in like fifteen minutes. It's The Matrix. It's a really cool action movie. Uh, do you mind if uh, we take David? I'll I'll pay for his ticket." And my mom was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." And then, like, two weeks later or a week later or something like that, she's reading the paper and sees, you know, the Matrix and that it's R-rated and all that. And, <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble. But, <laughs> anyways, the the rest of that story and why this movie will forever just, like, stick in my brain is uh, for the rest of that year, my buddy that I went and saw this with became obsessed with Neo. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a martial artist, have been since about, I, I was about six years old. So I'd studied real stuff, uh, by this point, and he would be trying to do stuff like, uh, run along walls and, like, run up <laughs> walls and jump, and, uh, <laughs> and I can vividly remember the first time I've ever been punched in the face, 
Um, this happened like the year before Jake's family started beating the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy Cruz, uh, who became obsessed with Neo, like bought the full long dark trench coat, dark sunglasses, the whole nine Later yards. shot up the school. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I mean, he is in prison now, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, bury the lead. Jeez. <laughs> Look, that happened way after he and I stopped hanging out, okay? But, no. Maybe that's why. He missed you really bad. <laughs> what can I say? My absence makes people just... Awful. I don't know. But no, anyways, he went running along a brick wall and he made it the furthest he ever had. And in his excitement, he does like almost like one of those Street Fighter uppercut things, like spinning in a circle, like, yeah. And I happened to turn the corner right as he did it. And he just fucking Hadoukens my ass into oblivion. And it hurts so bad. And all I remember is, like, getting knocked down to the ground. I didn't get knocked out, but, like, the first thing I look up and see is him standing there in, like, full-on fucking Matrix uh, Morpheus-like <laughs> outfit. And he just, like, flips his fucking coat back like he's cool and walks away. And I'm like, you son <laughs> of a Then he flew away. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't... And that memory has just been ingrained into me uh, and so now every time I see Neo I can't help but see like my cocky shitty little friend trying to run along walls and stuff and I'm like you feel hey. your face starting to hurt a little bit uh, maybe but uh look the main thing is uh forever now Neo is just a cocky kid uh who doesn't actually do anything and Morpheus makes him look good and that's my headcanon about that movie and you can't change my mind <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, also, the Street yeah, so. Fighter move with the uppercut is the Shuryuken. I know, Come Jake. On. I know. <laughs> You're better than this, Dave. Hadouken is the projectile, yeah? Correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the minute I misspoke in telling that story, I knew this was going to come up. I was just hoping I could get far enough past it that Jake wouldn't have a chance to talk. Do you really think that's going to happen with Jake? You really think? He waited like a full five minutes to bring that back around. Oh, I didn't even hear the rest of the story, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that's you. amazing. <laughs> so anyone, by chance, that listens to our show and doesn't listen to their show, despite us like prompting you to listen continuously... Uh, this is the kind of stuff that you can uh, look forward to hearing every single episode. The tangents and the back and forth and the, just the, the spite, but with love. Uh, it's, it's totally awesome, and I can't endorse it highly enough. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I do have one more piece of uh, trivia about Matrix, and then like I'm good to move on if you guys want to. All right. Um. Lawrence Fishburne, actually, because, uh, you know, when they were trying to get everybody on board for this movie, um, he got a copy of the script, and he read it, um, and he was one of the few uh, people who couldn't understand why other people found the script confusing. Um, however, he told them that uh, it probably wasn't going to get made because the movie was so smart. Um, and... Uh, kind of piggybacking on that the reason why the first movie feels so long and the pacing is so bad is the uh 
producing like the the production company demanded that they put more uh explanatory language and scenes in the movie to make what they were going after more obvious and like what things were more obvious so as vague as the matrix feels right now that's after they were forced to explain stuff <laughs> oh wow yeah hmm well, I wonder if it would have had the staying power or the popularity if it wasn't dumbed down because it, it can still be enjoyed by the lay people, you know, as like a, a sci-fi action flick that right. they're not reading too mm. much into the uh, the mythology or, or whatever, you know, they're Correct. just uh, taking it at face value for, oh, they got guns and they can flip upside down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, that's anyway. fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, are we uh, ready to move on to Jake's movie, Mean Girls? Oh, Absolutely. God. All right. So here we go. From 2004, Mean Girls with an IMDb rating of 7.0, a Rotten Tomato score of 84%, an audience score of 66%. That seems low to me. I. It's rare that you would find like a critic score higher than the audience score. No, that makes sense. Now that's insane. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, written by Tina Fey based on Queen Bees and Wannabes by Rosalind Wiseman, directed by Mark Waters and starring Lindsay Lohan or Lowen, I don't know how it's pronounced. Rachel McAdams, Tina Fey, Tim Meadows, Lacey Chabert, eh, Amanda Seafried, and Lizzie Kaplan. Okay, Jake, are you prepared to give the IMDB synopsis or your synopsis of the IMDB version? Uh, I can, sure. Sure. Uh, so Mean Girls is about a girl named Katie who has been homeschooled her whole life uh, in Africa, and she is going to a, like, normal American high school for the first time in her life, and she immediately makes friends uh, with a couple of outcasts who prompt her to spy on and sabotage the Plastics, which are essentially a group of very popular uh very attractive, wealthy girls in the school who sort of run it with an iron fist. Uh, and she slowly uh, first sabotages them and then sort of takes their place. You think that's what the IMDb summary is? <laughs> no, that's my summary. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that wasn't the question. <laughs> well, so no, I mean, that, that was in the spirit of what Dylan does. So here we go. Here's the IMDb synopsis. Katie Heron is a hit with the plastics, the A-list girl click at her new school, until she makes the mistake of falling for Aaron Samuels, the ex-boyfriend of Alpha Plastic, Regina George. Uh-huh. So let's get right into it. So it's, my Melody has this theory that Tina Fey used a ghostwriter to... Uh, make Mean Girls, because she says that every other movie that Tina Fey has made has sucked ass. I, oh. I don't think that's fair. Also, I'm not sure that I would say this movie doesn't. Oh! oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't really a ghost writer. It was like right there in the uh, in the stats there. It's based on a book, Queen Bees and Wannabes by oh, Rosalind so, Wiseman. Well, Wiseman, so. kind of. So what, did she just direct it then, or...? Well, I mean, she she made it an original screenplay, but it was based off of this book. So it's a musical like, now too, ain't it? I don't know. Yes, there was a sequel. Jake and, knows. Yeah. Yes, there there is a Broadway show based on Mean Girls. Yeah. <laughs> and how many times have you seen that? Uh, zero, because it's a musical. 
Oh, oh God! Woo woo! <laughs> I'm gonna probably end up like offing myself after. Like, I got, I got you, Dylan. I got you. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Okay. A little. What bit. you're going to kill me for me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. So this one kind of has a special place in I don't know my heart anyway because it takes place in Evanston, which mm-hmm. is pretty local to yeah. us. I. Uh, they talk a lot about uh, North Shore uh, mm-hmm. and also Northwestern University, which was my number two choice for uh, school. But yeah, I don't want to get into a, a tangent. <laughs> we about live in that. Illinois. Yes, we do. Which uh, David had said before that he thought had deserts in it. Can you <laughs> fucking believe that? <laughs> deserts of corn. <laughs> I see the look. <laughs> Calm down, Josh. Oh! oh hey, Josh is from Des Moines. We're from Northern Illinois. He probably thinks that's in Iowa too. Iowa? Des Moines We're... is in Iowa. Shut. Idiot. I fucked up my own joke, David. Shut up. <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> yes, I do. In fact, think that Des Moines is in Iowa. <laughs> Say, I can't be wrong, even for a joke, David. It's just not physically possible for me. I hate you so much. Uh, so I, what I, click was everybody in in high school? What? What click? Yeah. Um, this isn't fair. I didn't really have one. Like, Oh, yeah, David was homeschooled. Oh. So. I was homeschooled for a while. Yeah. So uh, when I was homeschooled, I was part of the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> that quickly changed when I went back to school. I, I wasn't... <laughs> I, I was the I was the stoner burnout. <laughs> I was homeschooled and I was the middle child. So like you had my older sister who was also homeschooled, who was like the overachiever and like the 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 good kid, and then you know, my youngest sister who was like the 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 baby. So I wasn't even the cool kid in homeschool. Uh, that didn't but happen until wrong? I went to fucking college. <laughs> Where does Ryan fit into that dynamic? Because I find it hard to believe that. Oh, you know, so he would be the cool. So that's a weird story. <laughs> Sorry, uh, to, um, Ryan was not adopted till later on. Uh, Ryan's not blood brother, um, and so Ryan went to public school, and I like defended him um, from bullies because he couldn't keep his mouth shut, um, like ever. Uh, Still true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, my oldest sister, actually, and my brother are both adopted, um, so they weren't homeschooled, but all of my blood siblings, my oldest, or not oldest, almost oldest sister, oldest blood sister, and my baby sister, <laughs> my family's confusing even to me, fuck it, I don't know, um, but they, they were homeschooled to me, and that's where I got into college at 15, so, like, I didn't even go to my first high school party, until I was like 13, I didn't go. And then after that, it was like one year of high school parties. And then at 15, I was going to college parties. So, jeez, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's insane. So my uh, high school dynamic is a little bit different because um, I grew up out in Dundee, where I live now, and my like uh, graduating class was like 350 plus kids. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in between sophomore and junior year, we moved out to uh, Kirkland. 
and then my uh, graduating class went down to like 37 kids. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. So uh, when I was in like a freshman and sophomore, I was nothing really, <laughs> you know, just like focusing on um, academics and, and doing nothing else. But then I was the popular guy you when I moved popular? in, uh, well, junior year, because I was the new guy, you know, so yeah. I, was, I was fresh meat. Well, and what so, was that like, having people like you? I don't know about that. <laughs> it was interesting, but it all quickly changed once they actually... <laughs> Got to know you. Yeah, once they actually learned who I was. <laughs> so it all fell to shit. And so my senior year, I was nothing again. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I was, like, uh, I got good grades, but I was also a jock for my, yeah. like, junior and senior year. What did you play? So Competitive chess? <laughs> I know how much you love chess. Baseball and football. <laughs> They're dying over here. <laughs> So I didn't really have a click. I definitely would not have fit into the plastics. I think Jake would probably fit into the plastics. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was a plastic, obviously. I wore pink on Wednesdays. No, you didn't. <laughs> uh, no, uh, to, to contextualize, like, my social standing in high school, uh, I was on a first-name basis with both the school librarian and, like, the public library librarians. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, but so I, I went to like a very small <laughs> rural high school. So but there weren't really cliques in my high school. There, there weren't really popular kids for the most part. That it wasn't really a thing the way the way it is in like this movie. And Jake ignored people so much in middle school and elementary that he got bullied and didn't notice. <laughs> Probably. No, no, I have a story for this because I don't know if you remember the kid who is the reason why I hate being called Davy. He would bully the shit out of you, and I would try to stand up for you when I was around, and you would be like, Why are you yelling at him? Like, did you not just hear the, the shitty things he said about you? Like, oh my, it, it used to drive me up a wall. Um, Jake just was so in his own world, and if he didn't care about it, like, he, it did not matter, uh, at all when we were younger. Like, if he, if he didn't want to do it, he wasn't fucking doing it. If he didn't care about it, he wasn't learning it. It just... <laughs> Fair. <laughs> hey, teach their own. So I'm the only one who was actually in a clique, then. Yeah. Well, Sounds like you, yeah. 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 And my clique sucked. Uh, i will say like all through high school like every stoner kid assumed i was a stoner uh despite the fact that i wasn't just because i constantly like looked high and i had really long hair at the time (laughs) uh so i I was sort of a de facto stoner kid despite not being a stoner at all he had really long hair but it was starting to fall out at the top that's true (laughs) I can relate to that. Mine yeah, was we, we both really can bad. tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only like there, not balding one. It's nice. There's there's no shame in that, Jake. It, it happens to the best of us. So oh, shame. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my first note that I made about this movie, and I made it about I don't know three or four minutes in. The first time you see Gretchen, I I immediately recognized the actress, but didn't remember from where. And then after I heard her talk, I realized very quickly she was the uh, the daughter from the Lost in Space remake that they did 
in I think the 2000s. I don't know if anyone watched that. I did, um, but uh, so my my first note was, oh yeah, Gretchen is still lost in space, uh, <laughs> which held true through the entire movie. So I I feel very comfortable that I wrote that five minutes in. Yeah, I, I was surprised at how like racially insensitive it started out. I mean, I was it was kind of yeah a little off putting, you know they. They uh, say that Katie is from Africa, and she immediately like singles out like the mm-hmm. the African American girl like in the classroom. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you can tell that this is definitely from like 2004. Mm-hmm. If this was in like 2020 or whatever, it would not have gone the same way. I don't think. Yeah. yeah uh, people aren't allowed to have races anymore. What? People aren't allowed to have races anymore. <laughs> yeah, their ancestors. It's, it's insensitive. <laughs> Solid D&D, Jeff Davis. Uh, but no, uh, to, to me, that, that's just, you know, uh, evidence this wasn't ghost-written. This was written by Dina Fave. Yeah. While, while I, I, I love a lot of the things that she makes, there is almost always some problems with race in the things that she makes, like this and 30 Rock and a lot of her work on SNL. Oh, God, the stuff with Tracy Morgan and 30 Rock and her. <laughs> oh. I love Tina Fey, but yeah. It is the, the one issue I do have with this movie is that some of the race stuff is uh, pretty rough. Yeah, well, I mean, Katie then tries to befriend, like, the, the group of uh, black kids that are sitting mm-hmm. at the, you know, so she doesn't think that she's doing anything wrong. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is, uh, and again, in the kind of, the, the like, the 2021 lens, like, it seems like it's, the, like, a cultural appropriation mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. But she's, I mean, for her, it's it's innocent. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't find that one so, like, insensitive or bad as the beginning part with I, Tina Fey. I yeah, like that part's bad, but also the uh, like, the walking up to the table of, uh, you know, black students and then greeting them in Afrikaans, uh, just assuming they spoke it. Like, mm, <laughs> that's, that's <Yeah>. not cool. <laughs> well, I mean, it it, it showed kind of her like innocent naivete thing. I think that she. Because her first, like, crush was uh, an African kid, you know? It's her that she didn't really see color herself. She wasn't racist by any stretch. She was just kind of, it was like a naivete kind of thing. So that's how I saw that. Certainly more, uh, that was more acceptable than the Tina Fey, you know, calling out Mm. the the girl in the classroom that she should have known better. Well, wouldn't she, if that, like, that girl was already a student, so wouldn't she, like, know her? Well, no, she said she was in from Indiana or something, so she, like, so ostensibly, she was, like, like she, moved there. She, oh, so she was new as well? Yeah. Well, also, it's public school teachers, so don't expect much. Yeah, they don't really. Wow. Right. Everybody knew my name. <laughs> For the bad reasons. <laughs> I mean, it, it is also worth noting, like, it's kind of weird that they actually point her out as a new student, because they established that this is the first day of classes. Right. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so uh, Tina Fey and Tim Meadows have, like, their conversation about how their summers went. Mm. Right. Yeah, where she said she got divorced and everything, so then... Mm. <laughs> and then he got really interested, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then especially she got, uh, uh, what was it, water all over her blouse, and so um, she's taking actually, it. Was it coffee. was coffee. Yeah. I, I caught myself. Okay, all right. <laughs> this movie means a lot to me, and you need to get it straight. Don't get it twisted. This movie oh means a lot to you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I love this movie. I, I watch it every, uh, what, 
what month is it? I watch it every March. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before on the thing on the pods too, where Dylan doesn't know don't know what the order of the months are in. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what I should learn via Matrix. The months. Here the cal- Here's the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Check that into your brain. Yeah. The Dylan just the needs a Gregorian download. So it's too bad that we're not doing uh, Life is Unfair with all your guys' uh, different awards because uh, I think the the Boomer Award would be for this movie with the fact that there were still malls and kids like religiously going to them, like mall rat kids. Uh, That was really interesting to see a jam-packed mall full of people. Yeah, I remember that. Did you go to the mall a bunch? Mm, not really. We would always go to the mall. Yeah. Just stand around. Loiter. Just stand there, steal things. Mm-hmm. Like one of those Walk around. Well, I didn't steal stuff from the mall. That was a terrible place. They had security. Um, oh, you weren't very good at it. Though. No, I was very good at it. That's the problem. Uh, also, I only did it ever once, and then I felt really bad, so I went and like, Aww. yeah, Hard that's a whole thing. Um, look, I've always been very actually. No, we didn't end up going through with it. We never did. We never actually technically left Target with the stuff. We totally could have. But uh, anyway, so no, I guess technically I've never stolen anything. I just moved a lot of stuff from one end of Target (laughs) to their, like, deli trash cans. I have a a funny story. Um, So me and my friend went to Walmart one time, and we grabbed some fish sticks, and we took them, like... We took the bag out of the box, and then we went to the shoe aisle and then grabbed a, a box of boots nope. from the very back, and we like put it. the fish sticks in the box of boots, and then we put it all the way to the back, and then we went back like a week later, and they had the whole area quarantined <laughs> off. <laughs> you don't say. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. Uh, I definitely never did anything like that. Uh, well, that's good. I, yeah, no, I never did anything like that. I, we we broke into abandoned buildings a couple times when I was younger, but yeah. I, I the closest I ever did I got kicked out of a Walmart. It was actually yeah. when I was in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided it was a twenty four hour Walmart. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably one of the, the first of their kind because I don't think there was a lot of them at the time. And uh, we decided that we were just gonna play kickball in the <laughs> store, uh, and <laughs> a couple of uh, well, no, I think one light fixture definitely was shattered. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, we got chased out of the store, yeah. told never to return, and then we decided to we were just going to loiter and smoke cigarettes in the parking lot, yeah. and then the mall security guy in the golf cart decided he was going to chase us around yeah. the parking lot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then we went back the next day, and no one was any no the wiser. Yeah. I mean, so many people go in and out of that thing. Mm. Like, they don't. How are they going to know? I, I got kicked out of a Walmart for going in in a gorilla suit. <laughs> like full full gorilla suit dragging the knuckles like <laughs> the whole nine yards uh yeah we got kicked out and, and they were like no masks and now i go in and i wear a mask every time and i'm like damn it yeah yeah <laughs> your gorilla suit when you really need it that's right <laughs> So, so that movie, uh, yeah. I think there was this movie called Mean Girls mm-hmm. from 2004. Oh, yeah, uh, I really like that movie. 
<laughs> so Jake, why don't you give us the rundown? What's your uh, connection to this movie? Why is it one of your favorites? Uh, so I think this is the best teen comedy ever made, like pretty indisputably. Uh, I, I just think like comedically, it's a near perfect movie that also works on like multiple levels. Uh, you, you, you said you mentioned earlier that uh, the, the movie is based on uh, Queen Bees and Wannabes, uh, mm -hmm. which is a nonfiction book. It has no narrative. It, it's just a like uh, it's a book by a political scientist. Like it's partially like a parenting book and partially like an analysis of like the political clique structure. Uh, which they really lean into with this movie, which actually makes it also a, like, very good and, like, lauded academically look at how dictatorships work, uh, with Regina George taking yeah. the place of... Uh, the obvious allegory that they actually use in the movie is Caesar, but there's also some, like, connections to Stalin that get pointed out a lot. Uh, and then also sort of the tendency of the people who overthrow dictators to then install themselves as dictators, uh, which is what happens with Katie in this movie. So, mm -hmm. so it's like simultaneously just a very funny, like very enjoyable on that level movie for me that is also like secretly just a super smart movie along with that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, learning all that information definitely makes me appreciate it more because at face value, it seems like it's kind of, yeah, it's, you know, just blase. It's a teen comedy meant to just, I don't know, titillate, I guess, because there's, a, I don't remember uh, high school girls dressing so provocatively when, when I went to school. I mean, my God, like, they some of those outfits were just holy cow especially the the halloween party i mean mm -hmm. she makes a whole point of it you know being egregious by saying that it was like you know they're supposed to be slutty or whatever but mm -hmm. uh that was like that was to the nth degree I think. Yeah. was it it was it was a little much i don't know you didn't uh, you, didn't, you didn't think so um the girls i hung around with <laughs> in high school age that was definitely yeah. the thing my next door neighbors especially Jake, Jake can tell you about that. Yeah, that seemed pretty par for the course to me. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the, it was not an uncommon thing to go to Halloween parties uh, around, like, high school age here and see, like, sexy ghost face, which is the worst costume I've ever seen. But it's literally oh just, it would be girls wearing the ghost face mask uh in just like skimpy lingerie and, and sometimes else. just a bikini yeah <laughs> um that was that was that happened all the time around here all right well i guess uh yeah we we, we live in a different area well i don't know maybe <laughs> did you see that kind of stuff i the girls you were having i was at? too messed up to remember i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, look, we live in Wyoming. We're so conservative and repressed the rest of the time. Mm. They just let it all come out in Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So the uh, the chihuahua that was chewing on Amy Poehler's yeah, nipple, that I mean, that, that part was pretty <laughs> funny. And then I uh, legitimately laughed out loud when Gretchen kicks the boombox during the uh, the talent show and hits uh, Jason in the face. That That shit was hilarious. Uh, yeah, uh, my, I, my, my note about the high school girls dressing so provocatively. 
<laughs> I, is that Kyle? Yeah. yeah. Were you able to hear him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, one thing that I actually did write in my notes is this movie is much funnier than I remembered to be fair to the movie. Um, and I think maybe it was because, one, the last time I watched this, I remember being so offended at some things in this movie that I was just like, no, this movie's dumb. Also, I, I had a very different frame of reference for watching this, obviously, this time. So I, I think I was able to enjoy some of the jokes a little more. Um, but then following that immediately in my notes, I have, uh, why the hell is she eating in the bathroom? Don't ever eat in a bathroom. That's disgusting. Why would somebody do that? This movie is terrible. Bad hygiene. Negative 10 out of 10. Melody actually tried to eat in a bathroom one time, and they wouldn't let her. Oh, God. Yeah. Good. She just wanted to be alone. I understand that, but don't go to the bathroom for it. Don't well, take your food like, to the bathroom. While you're eating, you can take a shit if you're in the bathroom. <laughs> no! So you can do it at the same time. No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, that's yeah. so unsanitary. D no. David, that's why humans have evolved separately from other <laughs> organisms that use the, the, the one sphincter as a, a food intake portion and also a mm. defecant release point. Yeah. We have a mouth and an anus for a reason. You're supposed to shit. Yeah, because they're supposed, supposed to be separate. <laughs> yeah, but you're supposed to eat on the toilet. That's yeah. what you're. <laughs> no! I'm, I'm no, totally no, I like that. I He's like that kidding. you're like, mm, yes, we've he evolved to where these things like are separate. Minutes. He needs a snack. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I gotta log it, Dylan. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's like five minutes of it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll say this I, I did keep a tally of how many times I laughed, and you guys aren't gonna like it. Uh, I laughed four. one time. One? One. One time, which that's and lower it was than when me. her boob was getting chewed on. When her really? boob was getting chewed, yeah, on? yeah. You didn't laugh. Oh Yikes. well, no. I guess you're a better person than I am. Never mind. Not <laughs> even at the the boombox to the face. That no. is hilarious. No. Oh my god, that one. I didn't laugh too much at that one. Like I, I had a little <laughs> chuckle, but I didn't. But like you, <laughs> I, I laughed way harder than I should have when the plastics got hit by a bus. <laughs> or not the whole plastic. Yeah. Regina George. I'll say this. Yeah. I was, I shouldn't. Back to back to back these movies because I was so soon. <laughs> yeah, I was so burnt out from watching movies that I was just like kept looking at like the runtime and I was like, "Holy shit, this is too long." Too and long. <laughs> That's why I said to watch those two first. Yeah. Oh my god! It's almost you could like it's you almost like you Moulin Rouge from memory. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll I'll say this. I can I think the movie is really well done. I think it's directed really well and it's got like a very unique feeling. Like uh I think it is probably one of the best uh like teen movies just because of how like concise and everything. Like it goes into the clicks and I think that's really interesting. Um but I didn't find it amusing. I I found the click thing interesting and I was like oh yeah I remember kind of being in high school that was interesting <laughs> and then the, and then the movie the best was eight over. years you ever spent right? yeah. oh man <laughs> so I, I didn't what keep track of my laughs but it's probably like a hundred <laughs> he did laugh a lot I watched the movie with him mm. and I laughed more than I, I think I gave myself credit for originally, but like, 
Jake laughs a lot at this movie. Hmm. A lot. And this and is I, only the second time I've Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, and then I'll finish. No, I, I didn't mean to cut in on your thing. The, the whole, like, uh, delay is really throwing me off, so oh, I didn't mean yeah. to, to... Go ahead, finish um, your thought. It's, it's also about, like, the Richter scale of laughing, because, like, <laughs> I, I would, like, parts where I was, like... <laughs> Jake would just be, like, laughing deep belly laughs, and then parts where I was laughing deep belly laughs... Jake had actually died and come back from laughing so hard. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so, so what I was going to say was this is only the second time that I've seen this. And I, I don't know, for whatever the first time, I didn't hate it but or even dislike it the first time. But it was just kind of like, meh, for me. Mm -hmm. I definitely had a much better appreciation for it this time. I actually found myself like enjoying it and, mm -hmm. and laughing and saying, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's one of my, you know, top 25 or, or whatever favorite Who movies but but, yeah. <laughs> but I, I could see myself watching and enjoying it again i mean i certainly don't think that it needed to spawn a, a sequel or a, you a know musical. A, a musical but uh for being a standalone kind of thing yeah I, I thought it was good i thought the part where uh regina was freaking out when she <laughs> finds out what the that those bars are actually like weight gain bars and mm -hmm. her screaming yeah that i mean rachel mcadams it was <laughs> so like spot on mm -hmm. she was perfect for that character I, I think. yeah i also think that acting was pretty damn good yeah i mean well she is normally she's not really a, like a comedic actress mm -hmm. but her comedic timing in this i mean yeah and granted it was still more like a dramatic role but her comedic timing, I thought, was spot on, especially mm -hmm. during that freak out bit. Like yeah. that, that was great. I couldn't help but laugh. At I liked that. how she had like the chocolate like on her tooth. And she <laughs> yeah, was like freaking out. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jake's remembering it. Yeah. He's doing the belly laugh. He's <laughs> yeah. I, I love He's this movie. He's gonna go watch it again after this. Uh, I, I, I will say, uh, I, I enjoy this movie. And I won't give the ratings yet. I'll save that till we actually like rate the movies. But uh, it, uh, if you take it, and you know the moral of this movie is all the feel goody stuff at the end, and mm -hmm. and the big Rachel McAdams uh, speech, then it's definitely like a whole tier lower than if the moral of the story is what I took away from it the first time, which is hit your enemies with a bus and your life will work <laughs> out. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Also made a pros one and cons my, one of my list friends for this was movie. Hit by a school bus. Oh God! What's that? that sucks. Really? Yeah, he was hit by a school bus and it like ripped part of his arm, his arm skin off, and he had to get, he had to get his thigh skin put on his arm. Oh, was that Dilly J? No, it was Ryan. Oh, my bassist, my old bassist. Oh, why did I think huh. it was Dilly J? I don't know. I don't know. He he's got a lot of skin, so they could have <laughs> taken it from him anyway. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I love him. He's my child. He's so, your child? Yeah. My very plump child. <laughs> he's great. He's he's hilarious, yeah. but he sings everything. Yes, like he, he does. Yes, he we, does. we would try to uh like play multiplayer games with him. Like I think we originally when COD first came out, yeah. he, we were trying to play with him and he would just like burst into song at yeah. every second. And he would do that clown laugh and then like remember and then yeah. we would start laughing for a little bit and then we'd be done laughing and he'd still be going. Yeah. Oh no! I remember it was it was a uh, killing floor, wasn't it? That we were playing with him, that he would like start singing. Yeah, like, oh yeah. my god! 
Anyway, yeah, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's another tangent. So uh, tell, us a little, we, tell us a little bit more about the, the movie, Jake. I mean, we, we kind of just painted the, the very broad strokes. Mm-hmm. We got that Katie was a homeschooled girl, and she arrives at school, and that's where we left it. And then jokes happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, most of the movie is about her like both becoming infatuated with while like trying to undermine uh like the the the, the plastics uh led by Rachel McAdams uh but for for me like like the what what this movie hinges on is the like great performances and just the great characters that they have mm-hmm. like i i love Amanda Seyfried's character in this <laughs> Yeah. Her only skill being that her boobs can tell when it's going to rain <laughs> or 30%. when it's raining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a 30% chance that it's already yeah. raining. <laughs> right. yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then I also think it is worth noting that like her non-plastic friends, uh, Lizzie Kaplan and uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, Damien as the character mm-hmm. also feel like very authentic. And especially for 2004, I, I think like some of the best gay representation in film. So that's yeah, actually it, on my was... pros list. I'm sorry. I yeah. did not mean to cut you off, Eric. No, 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 no worries. Uh, that, yeah, that it was actually very like LGBTQ. Uh, yeah. They didn't positive. really rip on him. Yeah. They, it was all. like, it was normalized. It, mm-hmm. it was, well, Aside from the rip that they put in the burn book, the that he was almost too good gay to function, which yeah, isn't that. really a bad thing. I mean, I, it's, like a, <laughs> it's only okay when she says it. Yeah. Also, like, I I like it because the only time they're really ripping on, you know, LGBTQ community is when it's you know the people who are the shitty people. Um, or they and, do say dyke quite a bit. Yeah, but they I but that's the that. shitty people making right, fun true. of of the uh, supposed lesbian. Uh, yes. So that, like, I'm okay when you show the bad person as a bad person and they mm-hmm. do bad things. Like, I'm okay with that because you're proving that yeah, this person's just shitty. I I don't like it when they do it and it seems to be okay. And this and movie does do like a very good job. Along. Yeah, it does a very good job of being like, no, that's that's actually not cool. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Very uh, ugly sounding word. Yes. Yeah. It is. I, I don't know why. Most we slurs are, though, to be fair. Yeah. Yes, all of them. And it it always, that one always reminds me and, like, just draws to mind the, like, racial slur for Jews. And I just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rhymes. I it hate rhymes. it. Yeah, it's got a bite to it. That yeah. one does. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, did any of okay, you pick up that. on <laughs> why Regina thinks <laughs> that a Lizzie, Lizzie Kaplan's character is a lesbian? Because she's Lebanese? <laughs> yes. Which <laughs> is mm. <laughs> my favorite, like, little subtle joke in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty good reveal because they left it for the very end, mm. so... So anyway, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just. What? I keep looking at my pros and cons list for this friggin' movie. Well, do you want to run any of them down? Because uh, yeah, I won't go through the whole list just for the sake of time. 
But uh, well, I'll the list. Uh, very. Oh wow. Very long, <laughs> especially the cons part. Uh, <laughs> it's Jake's but, uh, choice, so you know he yeah, had to rip it to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if this is ripping it to shreds, I got news for you. Um, oh. But uh, the pros, <laughs> Rachel McAdams, because uh, despite her character in this, I love Rachel McAdams, and I had a yeah. huge crush on her when I was younger, uh, which is the only reason that I watched this when I was younger. Uh, the Scrubs janitor is the dad, uh, <laughs> huge plus. They mentioned Danny DeVito. One of you know, he's he's <laughs> that, amazing. That was funny too. <laughs> um, okay, I laughed two times. I remember I laughed at that too. That was really funny. The the Danny DeVito joke was phenomenal, and yeah. uh, Amy Poehler. Uh, all of those things are great pros. And then uh, of course the one that I already mentioned of the representation of the LGBTQ and how they handled that. Mm-hmm. I I gave them big thumbs up for that. Now for the cons, and oh, I'm gonna God. list my favorite ones. Uh, Gretchen, uh, <laughs> so many uses of OMG. Uh, the milkshake song was played. <laughs> uh, immediate <laughs> loss of interest. Uh, Kevin G. Oh my god. Um, and the Jingle Bell Rock song uh, scene. Because hmm. it's I, music. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's Jake. That's Jake. Um, no, I hate that scene because I just remember being subjected. I was around uh, figure skaters a lot uh, for a whole long reason that we won't get into. And I just, I remember being around, like, one. <laughs> I have no clue what he just said, but. Um, I said you wanted to be a figure skater. <laughs> Um, I was one, actually, uh, and that's oh, okay. a whole other story. My God, the tapestry of your life. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you have lived a life, my friend. <laughs> it's true. Um, and my sister was a gold medal nationalist champion. Um, but, oh, wow. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, I was around a lot of uh, figure skaters, and, like, a lot of them were very attractive young women, and they knew it, and they were just absolute bitches, and they had these routines that they did every year, and that scene reminds me so much of that, and I just, I can't unsee it, and it's awful. (sighs) Because it made you confused in pants? (laughs) No, no, I definitely understood what was going on. Uh, in fact, the only, the only one that I had a crush on was, uh, was one of my sister's friends who was, like, the only nice, hot figure skater. Um, she also played the violin, which I also thought was oh attractive. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Those are varying talents, but, yeah. I, yeah. Both within the arts, I guess, but, I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. pretty cool. Violin's beautiful. Agreed. Imagine learning to play the violin, though. You know how bad, like, imagine the turmoil that would go on in your ears while you, like, learn oh. to play it. Because yeah. bad violin playing is some it's of the worst <laughs> sounds. Yeah, violin is, yeah. like, the most punishing but also the most rewarding instrument mm-hmm. that I've ever been around. Because when it's right, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Cello's really nice, too. I love cello. I'm not sure that I have any strong feelings about the cello. Oh, I do like uh, Apocalyptica, and they do all their stuff on cello, and that's beautiful music. I'm going to pretend to know what that means. <laughs> oh, dude, I'll send you a link later. You'd probably love it. Okay. They do, like, think... all metal covers and stuff, with, uh, and they do it all on cello. 
There's four. I do not like metal, but as long as it's not metal. It's not actually it's, metal. It just covers. It's, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, they cover metal like songs and stuff, but they oh, do okay. it all on cello, which is why it's so impressive. That's cool. I think uh, Rasputina did that as well, but I don't know if that was cello. I think that's violin. I think it's all like the woodwind and string. Cello kind of... is like very deep. Think yeah. like a bass for strings. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll have to look up Rasputina. They're pretty good. It's the same kind of thing. They take popular... If we can like... figure out how to spell it, right? No, I know how to spell it. Oh, okay. <laughs> good God. Uh, one of my favorite <laughs> bands, Murder by Death, also uses a lot of cello. They're very Murder good. Murder by Death. Murder by Death is music that you would actually probably like, Dylan. Hmm. Uh, aside from it having to be a cover for you to listen to it. Well, I think you also <laughs> thought I would like, uh, what was it, Mountain Goats? And... Yeah, yeah. I guess he he did not appreciate that uh, comparison as much as I thought he did. I appreciated so, the Decemberists a lot. Yeah, the Decemberists uh, are great. Wait, you like the Decemberists, but you don't like the Mountain Goats? I cannot stand the guy's voice. Oh, you're one of those. Okay. And he, and he, <laughs> and he talks about like alcohol a lot. True. Which yeah, album did fair, you listen to? But Will Wood also I'm not does. Sure. Yes, he does. So that's kind of I really like the first stuff. You're though, a bastard. Well, he he kind of paints it in a bad light. Wait, did he just say that he likes country? No, no, no. no. Will okay, Wood good. and and the Tapeworms. It's a uh, like a piano rock ability kind of. Kind of like a swing rock. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting it's fusion. Interesting. Um, I don't know. Do you, are you guys familiar with? Uh, Shit, what was the band I compared him with? Uh, Deadbolt. It's a very early, like, 90s into 2000s kind of... It's a rockabilly, but with uh, piano and interesting instruments that you wouldn't think as would be part of a rock band. Yeah, yeah that's Will Wood, who plays, like, lead piano as he sings and everything. It's, it's incredible. It's He's really good. Yeah. But I, we'll save music talk for, <laughs> for the next two. season. Yeah, so are we ready to move into the next movie? Do you have any more stuff to wrap up uh, Mean Girls? Were you finished with your cons list, David? I yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, I, was finished with the, I was finished with the ones I was going to read. There's, there's at least ten more items on each list. So, <laughs> All right. So that uh, gets us into my choice, which was Memento from 2000. With a IMDb rating of 8.4, a Rotten Tomato score of 93%, an audience score of 94%, written by Christopher Nolan and his brother Jonathan Nolan, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Guy Pearce, Carrie Ann Moss again, Joe Pantoliano again. Uh, Dylan, what is the synopsis for this film? Oh, God. Well, the whole thing's backwards. Um... Um, a guy with like he can't make new memories is uh, he tr- he's trying to find who murdered his wife so he can exact revenge on them. Very good and very concise. A man with short-term memory loss attempts to track down his wife's murderer. So that was almost verbatim <laughs> what you said. Yeah. So it does. Uh, we are taken to the end of the film mm-hmm. right at the very beginning, and then it progresses. Well, that scene actually does go in literal reverse order Mm -hmm. it starts with him being like fired at and then the gun and like the the bullet actually goes back into the gun yeah yeah. uh and then the narrative actually goes uh forward but reverse in Mm -hmm. chronological order and they actually they in a lot of like uh filmmaking and screenwriting classes they 
uh, require you to watch and discuss this movie because of how it's made. Yeah, it, which I think is a lot of the big sticking point, was, especially for me, for choosing or, or for saying, oh, yeah, this is one of my top ten favorite movies, you know, when when I was younger. I can, I can see the look of disdain on <laughs> David's face already. Uh, just the, the fact that it is, like, different and it's uh, the narrative structure is so like, skewed, it wasn't... Because at face value, you know, if this story just like played out from start to finish, it it's not great. all that interesting. Yeah. But you know, the way Which that it's presented and like you would you would think it would be gimmicky doing it that like oh movies usually go forward, <laughs> let's make this one backwards. Like you would think that would be gimmicky, but it's it's done. No, no, you're wrong, sir. You are wrong. <laughs> When, okay, I'll say this. The first time I watched this movie, I was, like, really young, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I probably showed it to you yeah. at a very early age when yeah. you weren't ready for it, just like every other piece of cinema that I've showed you. Yeah, but now that I've watched it a second time, and I am a slightly smarter person, very slightly, um, I, I don't know, I really liked it. I thought it was really, really well made, and I understand why they uh, make you learn about it in class, so, like, I think it's very important to film. <laughs> David's ready to unleash, so he's gonna there. explode. There you go, sir. It's that a loose. gimmick. It's awful. You said it yourself. The story is awful. The only thing about it is very Christopher Nolan-y in that, hey, look, here's a crappy story that I tied a really cool bow around, so pay attention <laughs> to it. No, like I I the premise is interesting. I'll give you that. Of the the short-term memory loss and, and doing a film in a way that portrays that. But going backwards doesn't actually portray that uh, mental illness and, and, and disability very well at all. Um, it is really just a confusing, asinine way to tell a not great story. Um just, uh, I think there's so many better ways to show because the way memory works is you have your short-term sensory storage and then that processes through short-term memory and then short-term memory processes it and that's that's how it then goes into your, your long-term memory. There are, I think, better ways to show the loss of short-term memory and someone who couldn't create new memories than going backwards. I think going backwards through the story makes sense for something where there's like time manipulation or alternate timelines or if you want to do like a a weird take on the I can't remember the uh the right term for it but like the uh bowling episode of Malcolm in uh, the Middle sliding doors sliding doors yeah if yeah. you wanted to do an interesting take on like a sliding doors type of thing i think the premise of doing a movie backwards is interesting i think that the way they do it and the story that they put it on top of just makes it absolutely terrible. Well, but I think that it's supposed to be disjointed because we're supposed to have the same kind of mindset. We're supposed to be just as confused yeah, at, at, at each new thing that comes about mm -hmm. as the main character, Leonard, is. Uh, he doesn't know from one minute to the next what is actually true and mm -hmm. what's just a figment of his own imagination or what he's right. trying to, you know, uh, the, the narrative that he's trying to sell himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I get that. I just don't think, I, and maybe it's just because my brain works 
weird and I'm always like trying to deduce stuff. I I didn't get that feeling. Like I've read a lot of I, stuff. I thought you were just gonna. St- I thought you were just gonna stop. Like period. Yeah, just my brain doesn't. My brain work. works. I thought oh, you were just that, gonna yeah. stop. At- <laughs> no. <laughs> Next that would have been funny. <laughs> No, uh, I've read a lot of stuff online and a lot of people, uh, because I like, I, I wanted to be like, am I missing something here? Um, but no, a lot of people online were talking about how like, oh, this movie's so jarring and da, 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 da. And as they transition, it really like gives you the, the sense of wonderment and you're trying to ex- uh, figure it out at the same. I was like, no, no. After about the third time you reset, I was like, oh, so this is the story. This is how they I did thought, it. And I thought the twist was really, really good. Like how he, his wife didn't actually... He was the murderer, basically. Right. Like in, inadvertently, obviously. Yeah, because he... He, become, he becomes like a, like a serial killer almost because he's just like hunting down John G after John G. Yeah, he's just trying to pin it on someone else to yeah. the, you know, to the benefit of Joe Panagliano's character mm-hmm. who's kind of like a, you know, dirty cop. Well, yeah. not dirty. He's trying to... He's a, like a vigilante, essentially. He's trying to find well, I someone call it dirty because he was going to take all that money. Yeah, but I mean, he he's at least trying to, in some small way, trying to make the world a, a better by place by wiping out. Pe- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so he has the tool with which to do that. And yeah. Leonard, no, he's uh, a dirty cop. Also- <laughs> he's a bad I also guy. Thought- <laughs> all right, fair enough. He's a bad guy. We'll pin it on him. Uh, but I think it's an interesting character study about, you know, because once everyone learns how to manipulate him to their mm-hmm. own devices, it's mm-hmm. very interesting to see, like, people's true nature. Yeah. Like, Carrie Ann Moss's character, how mm. she treats him, you know, and she just turns on a dime because she knows that he's not going to remember anything yeah. if he can't write it down. And so she just... Well, com- did, did she just do that to get punched in the face, though? Because she needed to look like she was hurt to sell the next part of the story so maybe she didn't actually like hate him and think he was you know what i'm saying you could take it either way it seemed like it was it was pretty rough stuff that she was saying you know yeah i think if you want to get punched in the face you got to be pretty mean or just say one thing and then get punched in the face one time and then get knocked out. Or just be friends with uh, hmm. Cruz and have him wear a dust, long duster jacket and think he's Neo. <laughs> yeah. All of those are acceptable ways. Also, I, I kind of I, I land in the middle between Eric and Dylan on this. I think that I think that she has definitely some like feelings about him that are negative, um, but she's also clearly manipulating the situation and using it to uh, get what she wants. Which, again... Did she she know that he killed him? Because he was wearing his clothes and driving driving his his car. car. I think she had a pretty good idea. She certainly should have suspected it if she did In the bar scene, she, like, already basically... Hates him. Like, she spits, well, like, hocks the loogie. The... But what I'm going to mm. point out is she recognized the jacket. He was like, I found this in my jacket pocket. And she said, oh, oh you your, found this? You yeah, found yeah. this in your jacket? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that so was the impression that I got. Okay, yeah, I was just going to ask what what Jake's take is, because we've all been talking, and you've just been <laughs> silently nodding and then <laughs> laughing. So. Uh, at I feel like I'm somewhat in the middle here. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I agree with David that it is it is a gimmick, but it's a gimmick that I enjoyed and I thought was implemented well. It fit the narrative. 
And I understand it being like a fairly simple narrative because it kind of has to be for this particular structure. I do think mm-hmm. that the, the structure is great. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's already like overcomplicated by going backwards. So if they made like a really intricate story, nobody would know what the fuck was going on. Sure. And they wouldn't right. be teaching it in classes. Right. I think maybe that's my problem with it is I figured out the story too fast. Like, I figured out really quickly that, oh, he's going to be the killer. Like, Mm -hmm. it was, I don't know, it was obvious to me. uh, And I honestly can't tell you why, but, and so the rest of the movie just felt like sitting through somebody. uh, Oh, I know the perfect comparison. Have you guys ever seen Ellery Queen Mysteries, the old, like, 80s mystery show? Ellery Queen? No. Uh huh. Okay. It wasn't super popular, but it. Hang on. My wife is home, so our dogs are going crazy. I'm going to have to fucking edit now. <laughs> oh, oh, welcome to my hell, Dylan. Yeah, welcome to Dylan. Or Dylan. Welcome to Eric. Or, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to leave this in now. Yeah. This is too good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the dog can provide a level of ambiance. <laughs> Look, yeah. I've we learned have to have it on record that David screwed up. It, no, no, there's enough of those. There's enough of those. I get enough emails from our own show. I'm leaving the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, God damn it! Anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I. <laughs> oh my God! It'll that be okay. threw me off my train of thought so Ellery much. Queen. Yeah. Um. At the end of each episode, um, like right before the big reveal, he would like break the fourth wall and talk to the audience and like kind of ex- gimmicky. Uh, it, it is. It is. That's where I'm going. <laughs> And he would explain everything, and, and up until like the last final big question, and then you get like the last scene of the episode and the big reveal. The problem is, is that he would explain everything and give you everything that you should have caught, so that you could have figured out the mystery before the end. That now, if you hadn't figured out the mystery before the end, you've now figured it out. So why am I watching the next 15 minutes? <laughs> That's what ha- over half of this movie felt like to me. Why am I watching? I've already figured it out. Okay, and I can appreciate that. But also try to take into account that this is from 2000. So just like uh, The Matrix being from 1999, it's groundbreaking in that this was you know 21 years ago at this point. So granted, a lot of things have come now that have kind of aped this or parried this or maybe even done it better. Um, but for being what it was when it was, I think, like it's in the, what was the... Uh, one of the pieces of trivia is that it was considered culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the U.S. Library of Congress and was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. They did that in 2017. So it even took them 17 years to come around to do it. Well, I mean, then again, people like Harold Citizen Kane, too, and that's one of the worst movies I've yeah. ever oh seen. Oh, my God. We, we have ripped on Citizen Kane I like, hate so it. much. It's terrible. It's, it's super so boring. boring. I'm with you. Yeah, it's, it's it very so boring. boring. Um, I, I will also say real quick, the, the last two points I want to make uh, on this movie, uh, so that I'm not just spending the whole time tearing your choice down, Eric. Um, the spit thing, automatic minus .5 points uh, on my rating of this movie. Yep, I remember that from the last episode that you guys uh, discussed, yeah. That was disgusting. 
Not a yeah. fast um, fit, huh? No, no. Him nor his wife, oh. who is a RN, so she can take any other bodily fluid, but not. Uh, so you guys don't uh, swap spit too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Uh. So. Uh. The other thing is that the which I've already talked about the story and everything, and it it, it seemed a little muddled, which then made it very easy to figure out. And then it just sort of seems muddled in the middle to the end, and it's just like, eh, why am I watching? But the last note is that the because of the way they did it, it doesn't give you the sense of a uh, climax that most movies give you um, at the end. It and, and again, I think part of that's figuring it out ahead of time, mm-hmm. and so it felt like a lot of build up without any actual payoff. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't have any idea that that was gonna happen. So I was like, "Oh shit, this movie just got better." I didn't. <laughs> I'm an idiot, and I like feeling like an idiot. Yeah, that's why I hang out with Eric. <laughs> oh my god, uh, smart. I like feeling smart. That's why we hang out with Jake. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> so a, a very kind of like uh, to really dumb it down. You know, we've been talking all these intellectual kind of things. Uh, another reason I, I think that I liked it was back in 2000. I, I, well, you know, I was you lost your memory. No, I was fresh out of like the military around that time. So, uh, and while in the military, you know, the thing to do is you get tattoos. And so mm. I think that yeah, I, I was still was like really cool very much in that kind of uh, culture of like mm. tattoos and appreciating them. And so to see like, oh, this guy every time he gets a new piece of information, he tats it on himself. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And he does it himself with yeah. a pen. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, the stick and poke kind yeah, of thing. Oh, I cannot even imagine. He's, he Yikes. made some pretty fucking nice uh, fonts for doing it with, like, the stick and poke. Well, you saw the the ones that he really oh, he wanted. Did, like he the, did he went to professionally. The, yeah. That's true. Because yeah. his chest one did look like ass. Yeah. Just like mine looked like ass. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two asses on my chest. <laughs> Wow. Ah. and the other one's farting. <laughs> My God, we're we're Great not ideas. not normally this like scatological with our uh... <laughs> scatological. Yeah. That, I like that, that you real? knew that term. You really know <laughs> your scat. <laughs> yeah, that's a real. Yeah, scat is a is a scientific term for uh, definite. No, I knew, but is it but... is scatological a word or yeah. you just coined that? No, it's a word. Okay, yeah. I'll take your word. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> 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 you should have just so. taken advantage and said that you invented it, Eric. Mm. <laughs> that would have been no, the Jake I, path. Yeah, I, <laughs> I already think he's smart enough. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the darkest right, timeline. D- does anyone have any other uh, things to say about it, or we're getting into the trivia portion? I, I have one more note uh, mm-hmm. that I'm going to read out loud, and solely because of the way I wrote it, uh, because I think Dylan will appreciate it. Uh, the, the movie seemed to drag. Not sure if it was the pacing or if it's just too long. <laughs> <laughs> what was the runtime on that? Did you uh, make a note? No, I, I didn't make a note of the, the runtime. Probably about an hour 30 or something. Yeah, I think like an hour 40, something yeah. like that, yeah. Too uh, long. <laughs> too long. I, I, I did like the, the part where... Uh, he didn't know where whether he was the one that was chasing Dodd or being yeah, chased. I thought that was, thought that was great. That oh, was he's like chasing me. A little bit of that, levity. That was probably my that. favorite scene as well. Hello. <laughs> More fucking editing. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
thought these guys were supposed to be professional. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I muted my mic. You could have just uh, clipped the uh, excess, the dead space I'm there. St I'm so. still going to leave it in because I was talking, so I won't have to edit it. I did, so there was still content. And now, now Give the people what they want. Yeah. You're just anti-edits, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> when we first started, Eric made me edit out every um and ah that he said. And ever yeah. since that point, I've been traumatized. I'm not that anal anymore or scatological. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess I will uh, run down the uh, the trivia then while David is preoccupied. So if he has anything that he doesn't like about it, he can't say anything because yeah. he <laughs> is preoccupied. Jake approves. I love it. <laughs> All right. So uh, the medical condition experienced by Leonard in this film is a real condition called anterograde amnesia, the inability to form new memories after damage to the hippocampus. During the 1950s, doctors treated some forms of epilepsy by removing parts of the hippocampus, resulting in the same memory problems. <laughs> He must have heard it, at least. Yeah. All the dialogue in black and white sequences that feature Sammy, who was played by Stephen Toblowski, that was improvised. Hmm. Pretty interesting, huh? Uh, I already did the one about uh, being registered in the National Film Registry. Uh, Teddy's phone number, 555-0134, is the same as Marla Singer's, Helena Bonham Carter's character in Fight Club. Okay. Which is previous, you know, callback on the pod. And here's some of the people that were uh, that had auditioned to play Leonard, Aaron Eckhart, later in Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman movies, mm -hmm. uh, Brad Pitt, big fan, oh, God. Charlie Sheen, oh wow, can you fucking see that? No, and Thomas Jane, who played the Punisher, uh, really good actor, really enjoy him quite a bit. They were all considered for the role for of Leonard before Guy Pearce got the part. Hmm. Wow. I think Guy Pierce did a good job. He's a guy. He is a man. <laughs> that is what we have for Memento. Oh, God. And now here oh, is God. the big, the coup de grace. <sighs> 2001's Moulin Rouge with an IMDb rating of 7.6, a Rotten Tomatoes score of 76%, an audience score of 89%. Too high. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Written uh, by Boz Lerman and Craig Pierce. Directed by Boz Lerman, starring Nicole Kidman, Ewan McGregor, John Leguizamo, Jim Broadbent, and Richard Ruxburg. Dylan, what is the synopsis of your favorite movie of all time? Oh, God. Um, so a writer comes to London. You don't even fucking know <laughs> your favorite movie. I failed geography, okay? He goes some, to some nondescript location. It's Paris. It's okay, very Paris, descript. Yeah, I was pretty close. <laughs> right? Those um, pretty close. They're both in Europe, if you okay, want Okay, there we go. I got it. Yeah, so... Um, a writer goes to... I've already forgotten where you You call said. yourself a fan. Paris. D don't be reading the shit. <laughs> um... <laughs> Where he falls in love with a, uh, a prostitute, I guess, um, and they make a he writes a play and they yeah. Okay, so the actual synopsis is, a poet falls for a beautiful courtesan, whom a jealous duke covets. That was yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. Well, I you call her a prostitute. I'm sorry. You have no respect for her. Sure, I do. And you think I mean, it takes place Duke. in London. <laughs> yeah, that, fair enough. 
<laughs> uh, so my first note is it's very colorful. It is. And I, I love how uh, the, the silly little ways that they do, they do little sound effects and they film it in an interesting way a lot, like speed things up and slow things down. Like in the initial scene where um, the guy falls through the roof and it's like so like fast paced. I fucking love it. I think the pacing in this movie is perfect. I don't well. think anything ever drags. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. And the music is fantastic. I know every word to every song. Okay. It's so, amazing. So I have, to, I have to get this bit of trivia out of the way first because mm -hmm. it actually did uh, help me to appreciate the movie more after Good. hearing it. So, oh, excuse me. Okay. So, uh, Baz Luhrmann, the writer, mm -hmm. revealed that he drew from the Greek tragedy of Orpheus and Eurydice and the DVD's uh, audio commentary. The legend of Orpheus says he was a musical genius far surpassing anyone in his world. Hmm. The filmmakers chose to replicate this by using contemporary songs from the mid to late 20th century, mm -hmm. many decades after the film's 1899 setting. In this way, Christian would appear to the other characters to be ahead of his time mm. as a musician and a writer. That's cool. See, I didn't get that uh, during my actual watch. It only happened afterwards. Mm -hmm. me finding that piece of trivia and realizing that's what that we're going for made me appreciate it more because Great. I got to say when I was watching it, I'm mm -hmm. like, what the hell is with all the contemporary movies or music? It's supposed to be 1899. Mm -hmm. What the fuck is this shit? Why are they playing Nirvana, the Beatles, mm -hmm. Madonna? What? This is fucking stupid. <laughs> not and a fan I hate of it. those bands. Huh? And, well, no, it's not the bands. It's just like, I don't like anything that does that when they try mm -hmm. to take, you know, it's a, it's a, a set, piece it's mm -hmm. a time piece it's supposed to take place they call they make a point of calling attention to it takes place in a certain time period yeah. and then they completely do nothing but <laughs> what that evil sinister laugh what, what was <laughs> what's uh what's the comment go ahead uh, no um I have so much, uh, but I have to say, uh, I didn't know that either. I just thought it was like one of those artistic choices, I say in quotation marks, because you know how those go. Um, and my, I had immediately the Moulin Rouge introduction scene where they have so many of the like contemporary songs in there. Uh, my note was is literally this introduction to the Moulin Rouge reminds me of pan, but with LSD. <laughs> uh, for those of you that have ever seen the, uh, Robin Williams movie pan, that's hook or hook. I mean, sorry, fuck idiot. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I knew so what I'm, you meant though. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, just especially with hook coming out and, you know, singing, you know, for one, the exact same song and two, uh, just the, that sort of, blending of period piece with fantasy with contemporary music uh but also it was very colorful and trippy and sort of a descent mm -hmm. into madness with a heaping help of debauchery that uh made it mm -hmm. seem like you'd just you know done a ton of drugs yeah 
the it's, absence scene was really cool. Yeah, that too, that I was think. pretty cool. Uh, that was well done. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'll say the same thing like I said with uh, Across the Universe for mm-hmm. not liking the subject matter yeah. of it being the Beatles or a musical. Right. Um, they did enough like visually to mm-hmm. make it stunning that it was like at least interesting to look at, even yeah. if I didn't care for the like the audio that was going on yeah. on screen. I still I still don't understand what uh, people's disdain with musicals is. Like I people like music and people like movies, you would think combining them would make a good product. I like sushi. I like Oreos. I don't want to combine them. It sounds <laughs> yeah, that's, fucking awful. That's, that's fair enough. Well, have you tried it? Yes. It's not good. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> so, uh, before I went off on the tirade about the contemporary music, uh, I actually mm-hmm. made a note that uh, this was verbatim what I wrote. It bothers me when period piece films use contemporary music. It's so out of place, although I suppo- suppose Madonna could have been around in 1899 mm. Paris. Mm. So that's my little <laughs> shot at Madonna. <laughs> as long as I get the, the Jake chuckle, like when I see him like, physically him moving. Like that. It's my sign of approval. <laughs> Jake gyrating. I like it. <laughs> Ninety percent of my laughter is not audible in any way. That's true. <laughs> I take it. Our dogs uh, are going nuts again. Yeah, no worries. We can just uh, roll over it if you guys are comfortable with doing it. I'm leaving the dogs in. I like, <laughs> I like how it sounds. It reminds me of when I had a dog, and I'm sure the listeners will appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, um, I I'll say this. Um, Moulin Rouge is one of the... I have a really hard time crying because of things that have happened to me. And um, Moulin Rouge has made me cry several times. I've seen this movie probably 22 times. Okay. Finish your thought. (laughs) (laughs) What's your problem? Sidebar, like, how you think it takes place in London. You've seen this movie 22 times, and you don't know that it takes place in Paris. I don't know the months in the calendar. (laughs) Fair enough, but my God. (laughs) Chill out. It's London. Why is everything in French? (laughs) I don't know what language do they speak in London. (laughs) Londonese? I, I... What's, uh, it's the Queen's English. And second uh, of all, um, you just alienated every, like, UK listener you guys have. Uh, oh, we, we actually do have a few. <laughs> if you want to know how to piss off a Brit, tell them that they're French. Uh, <laughs> For sure, yeah. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, um, I've cried several times watching this. I think it's... I think the music is beautiful. I think uh, the the sadness of the scenes is amplified by the the beautiful orchestration. I, I love classical music, and I love the, how they implemented classical styles to contemporary music. I think it was fantastically done, and I, I love music. I'm not a huge fan of many musicals. This is one of my favorite movies, and it's a musical, so... Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, that piece of we, trivia. We were talking in a, in a past episode about uh, like the feeling of like tearing up, and it's a lot to do with the soundtrack of the movie. Sure. Oh yeah. So. I mean, they they definitely know what they're doing. A lot of uh, music directors or whatever that uh, I don't know whose job is that even to. 
to cultivate the the music what goes in a certain scene i don't music know music guy oh is that up music to the director i don't know like insert this here because you know when we were working on our movie it was like uh. basically we did everything we were the producers and yeah. the writers and the directors and everything mm. like that so i don't know what an actual like film you know what i'm sure there's obviously there's probably like roles music and, by you know yeah but that means usually a composer that, yeah it's yes. also it's an amalgamation because you have uh, you have post-production uh, people who put uh, sort of B-roll music that actually sounds very similar to something that you've heard before. Um, you've heard it a lot all over the place. It's it's like B-roll footage, but it's like that for music. And then they learn to roll it into actual music. Uh, like, for instance, if you know, you're going to use Thunderstruck in a scene, but you don't want that song to start playing until a certain point you'll often have uh if you go back and listen and pay attention you have this sort of music that seems familiar and it builds up to and then suddenly bursts out into that that's that sort of there's a term for it and i heard it on a podcast i was listening to here recently i don't remember what it's called but it's basically it's b-roll but it's music um and they they use that and so it's you have your musical director who picks everything and like a Anyways. Right That's cool. You are a wealth of knowledge, my friend. Yeah, yes, he is. I learn a lot of weird, random shit, man. <laughs> I know a lot about a little, or I know a little about a lot. <laughs> Same. Uh, so one thing that I, I didn't really like was that she mm -hmm. fell in and out of love, like, super quickly. Um, when... When he when she thought that he was the duke and he starts well, with I don't, the, the I poetry, don't think, yeah, I don't know if she was actually like saying that or no, she she seemed like she was genuinely mm -hmm. taken back by but his she's poetry. Also, an actor, right? But she okay, the whole part of it was it was supposed to be a ruse when mm -hmm. she couldn't discern which one was the duke and which one right. you yeah. know was you know just some random schlub. Mm -hmm. Obviously, schlub poet Christian, yeah. played by Ewan McGregor. My, one of my favorite actors. Yeah, and I mean, Ewan decide, McGregor's pretty great. Yeah, aside he is from awesome. uh, my boy, number one, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> He's my favorite. Love him. He's amazing. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's great. You were wrong, David. <laughs> you have bad taste. Jake Gyllenhaal's I, great uh, just <laughs> because of the, the fact that he has the name Jake. Right, Jake? Exactly. <laughs> I agree with you and McGregor, but uh Hall is overrated. Like he's not yeah, bad. Eric he's not bad. He's just overrated. Like he's got the Brad Pitt effect. They're both massively overrated. They're not great actors. I just don't like Brad Pitt's face. God That's damn fair. Man. He's overrated. But yeah, Eric, I think you're probably right that she was taken aback and yeah, because she seemed like she generally, yeah, yeah like right. appreciated the fact that he was a poet. And she's like, mm -hmm. wait, so he's a poet that says and this beautiful stuff? Rich. And he's also a duke? Yeah. And then, then she finds out, no, he's just a schlub. Ah, yeah, no interest again. Yeah. Suddenly no interest at all. Who is that? Uh, Norm MacDonald? Have you guys seen his yeah. comedy? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Just, have you seen that? No. I've got to show you that after this. So <laughs> he'll appreciate it. Uh, I really like the mustachioed moon. Oh, when he's singing? Yeah, yeah, I pointed that out to Melody. I fucking love it. I was like, look, even the moon's singing along. Yeah, I, I love it. I appreciated that quite a bit. 
and the operatic uh, singing that he was doing is beautiful. I usually hate opera. I can't stand it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. with with the uh, the great lyrics and like the symphonic orchestra, like it, it all goes together so well, and I love it. It makes me feel like it makes my heart hurt, and I like that. I like being in pain. <laughs> I guess so. I so your that. criteria for a great movie so far is you wanted to put you in pain and make you feel dumb. Yeah. And, and also cry. Yes. I desperately <laughs> want to cry. I think you're in an abusive relationship with movies. <laughs> yeah. Who, what movie hurt you, Dylan? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Satine, when she was freaking out, when uh, the Duke actually like comes in yeah, and out. Yeah. I that part was genuinely funny. Yeah. I, I really liked her freaking out and that was good. Like again, uh Nicole Kidman, not uh-huh. really known for her, her comedic timing mm-hmm. or comedic acting, did a pretty good job when she was trying to d- distract, you know, the Duke with Christian leaving. I liked that. I like how they made John Legazamo act on his knees for the whole movie. <laughs> I thought that was cool. So you liked the fact that he was in physical was, pain. I like that he was of, in pain too. <laughs> <laughs> Misery loves company, right? <laughs> yeah. I also like the spectacular, spectacular scene, which comes directly after. I like the, the speed and the, like with the beginning when Zidler is spinning around, you hear that little. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I thought that was. I, it makes me laugh every single time. So one thing that drives me the most nuts about musicals, mm-hmm. I think is the fact that everyone has these choreographed dance moves yeah. and everyone knows all the lyrics to the song when they're trying to convey this narrative to like it's a movie I know but it's like, okay it's exposition <laughs> that they're trying to they're trying to relate to the duke to try to tell him the story and everybody suddenly knows these again, lyrics again you pick out the weirdest I, shit I, I, he, he's I bad know, at whatever. suspension of disbelief yeah apparently <laughs> i think so he thinks everything's real <laughs> No, I just, I don't like that about that, musicals. Dude, I, that's why you pointed out, like, th- those songs didn't come out in the 1800s. Uh, to Dylan's point, <laughs> you just said that you think it's weird that everybody knows the, the like, songs and lines and choreography, but you said, I enjoyed the mustachioed moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I did it. I'm on record saying <laughs> and I again on record confirming after you called me out on it, you bastard. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh. I will Jeez. say that section of movie like, like starting with when he first goes to her room like through the spectacular spectacular sequence is the one sequence of this movie that I, I did really really enjoy. It, I was really hoping for more of that, like, manic, slapsticky energy. I yeah. think if it had, like, kept that throughout the rest of the movie, I would have really liked this. It does definitely slow down once it starts taking a more, like, somber tone. But I think it would have been really strange if you had that manic, uh, uppity stuff while uh, Satine's, you know, dying from consumption. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it would have worked, like, given the rest <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. But it would have been fun to watch. It's funny because I actually disagree with Jake here. Um, I think that there was an appropriate amount of slapsticky, manic stuff for the story that they're trying to tell. And in fact, it sort of removed me from the story a little bit when they tried to reintroduce that in the, the ending there 
where uh, Ewan McGregor is, you know, going to be killed, and there's that yeah. whole scene yeah, with the gun, and then it ends up flying out the window and flying to the moon. That yeah, it hits the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I, the Eiffel Tower is pretty big London landmark, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, the thing is, I don't know the difference between the two. Oh. Ooh. I just don't know where anything is. I don't know what street I live on. I will show you Norm Macdonald's comedy and a map when we finish. <laughs> just, just send him with a map, and whenever you guys record, have it up on a wall so Dylan can look at it and be like, that's next to Germany, right? Yeah. <laughs> you are here. Okay. But... But besides the, the that part uh, at the end, like I, I think they had transitioned from the sort of manic slapsticky comedy. Mm-hmm. I, I wish they'd have kept the same tone. The breakage in the tone is actually what removed me from the movie and made me enjoy it less. What's that? It was jarring for you. Yeah, a little bit. I I think that. Because, like, the little bit of slapstick with the uh, the actual, like, cheesiness of the play that they're doing and the actors mm-hmm, adjusting yeah. the stuff, that seemed kind of in, on par and, and more normal, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that fit well. But how over the top they went with the, uh, the ch- scene where he was going to be shot and the disarming yeah. and getting rid of the gun, I... It just kind of... By that point, and this is going to make me sound callous, I know, by the time you got to Satine's death, I was like, oh. They're, they're, it wasn't sad anymore, because everything uh-huh. up to that point that was sad or emotional, you they just made a joke out of. And so it's very hard to make that quick transition back to, oh, yeah, this is sad that. and I feel bad. Yeah, I can see that. So I, I don't know how anyone else feels about Nicole Kidman generally, but I personally don't find her all that attractive. But I think the costume designers and the director and the the choreographer, whatever, they did a really good job of making her attractive and appealing and desirable. <laughs> okay, I, I damn. Thought. Poor Nicole. Uh, I, I, I honestly can't remember her in anything else, but uh, she was attractive in this movie, so... Yeah, I thought she looked good. I mean... I thought their singing was really well done too. I don't. I I think Ewan McGregor wasn't like trained in singing. He learned to sing for the movie, and I thought he did like a phenomenal <laughs> my, job. Yeah. My very first two notes are Ewan McGregor followed by like eight uh, exclamation points because uh, <laughs> I love Ewan McGregor and I did not know he was in this movie until yeah, I saw him appear on screen, uh, okay. and then uh you know then it of course transitioned to sound of music and i went really uh, <laughs> however you and mcgregor singing it so okay yeah. and then spectacular spectacular what a lame name <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure have you seen you and mcgregor's uh motorcycle documentary no he goes on he like goes with his, one of his friends to this like other country don't ask me which one because i clearly don't know <laughs> um and he drives like they ride their motorcycles through like marshlands and like swamps and there's like no roads or anything and they're having to like pull their motorcycles out of the mud with like pulley systems that they have to like make on their own it's like really cool hmm. I, I think it's like the, the long road or i don't know if you type in you and mcgregor motorcycle documentary you'll probably find it Right. I don't even huh. remember where I found it. 
Could have been a Awful fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Mm. Are you dying of consumption, Dylan? <laughs> I think so. Wow. <laughs> I would no. enjoy it. You would enjoy dying? <laughs> the sweet release of death. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. This just got dark. Hey, on that note, this is our final episode of Final Order Entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Dylan succumbed to tuberculosis. <laughs> they have a cure now. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> no, no thanks. I'm good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I again, I went through the entire first run of the movie enjoying bits and pieces of mm-hmm. it, but as a whole, not appreciating it Mm -hmm. uh that bit of trivia that i found made me reevaluate and uh and think of it uh higher than i i would have okay for sure Uh, are you aware that this is like part of a trilogy of adaptations of like classical works by boslerman no no oh uh the, the other one i've seen from the trilogy is romeo plus juliet which is like a like, line for line and, like, stage direction by stage direction, perfect, like, rendition of Romeo and Juliet, but it's all modernized. And so, like, the gu- the swords yeah, are replaced with guns, and uh, it's, like, Leonardo DiCaprio in, like, super 90s, like, Hawaiian shirt with, like, puka shell necklace. I actually really <laughs> like that movie. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, it's Claire Danes, isn't it? Uh, I gotta look up looking the... It up. I have to look up it's the It's been a long time since I've seen it, admittedly. Quick, somebody talk so I don't have to edit. Uh, well, <laughs> don't worry. I... So, uh, that movie, Jake and I were talking about it after I watched Moulin Rouge, and he told me that same bit of trivia. And uh, that was the first Romeo and Juliet movie I actually watched. Um, my mom always tried to make, like, classical literature more appealing for me to read because up until i hit like 13 i hated to read Mm. um so when that movie came out she had me watch it so that i would like try to get some form of the classic romeo and juliet story Mm -hmm. um before i you know progressed to a higher grade and uh at the time i i hated it i hated it i hated it but it was a movie for school so i had to uh, going back and rewatching it, it's awful, but I love it because it's campy and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it is Claire Danes, by the way. And also John Leguizamo, isn't it? Yeah, he is. Boz yeah. Gamer's double dipping. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, John Leguizamo's great. Yeah, he's pretty good. What a pest. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I was shown Moulin Rouge by my ex-girlfriend. And we were like madly in love at the time, so like I just loved it even more. She also introduced me to Bright Eyes, which is my favorite band, and also Eternal Sunshine, right? And Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Everything that she things. showed me, what I ended up like loving, except her. Except her. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, maybe that was telling. Uh, I mean, look at all the things that you just mentioned: Bright Eyes, super sad songs. A yeah, sunshine of the spotless mind. Uh, I needed the relationship to go poorly so I could survive <laughs> on my sadness. My God. I'm comforted by my misery. Oh my God! <laughs> I don't want to be happy. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh shit! So yeah, uh, we kind of touched on it that uh, uh, the 
Christian and the Duke are both vying for the attention of Satine, mm -hmm. who's a uh, courtesan uh, in the Moulin Rouge, but she wants to, she aspires to more. She wants to be an actress, a legitimate actress. Uh, and so mm -hmm. they, uh, they need the Duke's uh, money. money to bankroll this production um, that they're going to put on in the Moulin Rouge called Spectacular Spectacular, which is kind of a, a thinly veiled uh, show of their own kind yeah, of yeah, story exactly. uh, that um, an impoverished writer falls in love with a prostitute who... Is, a sitar player. Oh, yeah, you're right. A sitar player. Um, a and magic it's what, sitar player. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they can only tell talk. the truth. Yeah. yeah. I only tell the and truth. And it's the, what the, the Maharaja is, uh, mm. the allegorical duke. Yeah. So uh, how he didn't put two and two together until the other, like, yeah. prostitute at the end. He's an idiot. It, Told her, like, uh, I told him. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. That was kind of weird, but... Um, it's a movie. Again, so she uh, she has tuberculosis, and no one decides that she's worth telling, so they're just going to let her, like, die mm -hmm. until she decides that she's had enough and she's going to leave. Yeah. And then... Well, they like, were, like, basically using her. Yeah. Well, I guess that's Because she that's was, like, the star of the place. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone right. came to see her. Sure. So they didn't want her to leave. Yeah. That's... So they didn't want to tell her, like, hey, you're going to die. And then she'd be like, oh, well, I don't want to fucking spend the rest of my life here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that she does. She She's, does. Yeah. She even finds out, and then she still decides that the show must go on. Yeah. Well, that's... And... A, they sung a song about it. <laughs> they had to. Yeah. Yeah, well, because uh, she decided to continue, because they've... They, they didn't do it, then the Duke was going to kill Christian. Yeah. So, I, also, uh, I also grow my soul patch out this long because uh, Ziddler in the movie does. <laughs> Mine's not so, quite as long as his yet. So it's you, like, you crafting... I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> this, I'm about to reveal a sad truth about myself. Okay. <laughs> you... you uh, Developing all these like personas based off a movie is almost as pathetic as my own uh, decision to forego college initially to join the military uh, to become a police officer. That's what oh, I wanted wow. to do. Uh, more technically, I wanted to be a homicide detective, and this was all based off of a television show. Twin Peaks? Silk Stockings. Oh, Silk Stockings. Yeah. I wanted to be Chris Lorenzo from Silk <laughs> Stockings. You guys, that's probably before your time, so you'll have to check a look. I don't know. Jake might know what I'm talking about because he's laughing a little I'm bit. I'm familiar. It, it is uh, like a kind of a pathetic show in hindsight, <laughs> but... <laughs> You tape it. I don't need that judgment, but I loved it's... it. I loved it as a adolescent, and so I'm like, I want to be a homicide detective so I can be cool like Chris Lorenzo. And so There's... you saying that you grow your soul patch? I mean, I think yours is a little worse. <laughs> Definitely, there's way worse. There's so many shows that are worth like wanting to be a homicide detective yeah. for so much more than that show. So, but the real the, the real kick in the pants was I was so naive 
that I scored high enough on my ASVAB that it turns out I could have gone to the nuclear program. I'm glad in hindsight that I didn't. Uh, but my uh, recruiter would have got like more incentive or whatever for just sticking me in as a regular fucking like undesignated recruit. Like I could have gone to any A school that I wanted, could have wow. gone to the fucking nuclear program. Damn. I only found this out after I got into the fleet. And I grew up a little bit. Great. So I went in undesignated because the, my recruiter said, you have a higher chance of being selected for military police if you go in as, as an undesignated like, no, seaman. And I'm like, I believe everything this superior person <laughs> is telling me because I'm a plebeian. <laughs> and then... Uh, Yikes. Yeah. You fell for the cheddar biscuits at Red Lobster, <laughs> sir. Yes, I did. Well, then I, I, uh, I found out uh, like halfway through boot that I it was too late for me to then pledge to an A school, but I could mm -hmm. change my designation. So I went uh, to airmen instead of seamen. So instead of scrubbing barnacles off of like fucking boats, and then you I wouldn't got be to, called seamen. Yeah, I got to work with uh, F eighteen Hornets and be a structural mechanic on those, and that was pretty fucking cool. So. I don't better than being a police officer. Yeah, I don't lament the decision in hindsight, but yeah, it's uh, the fact that I chose my career path initially off of a, a shitty television show that I still love. You know, kind of you know from the camp factor. I, I don't judge me, David. <laughs> yeah, my soul patch is nothing compared to that. <laughs> Shave it off. That'll make me. Feel it's better. a smarter choice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Most things are. I did oh have God. to shave it off when I got a job at Produce. This is a new one. <laughs> and it's already getting there. Imagine how long it would have been if I didn't shave it off. You'd look like Lane Staley with the pharaoh beard. Remember him from Alex? Ooh. No. Okay. I'll I don't like to show rock. you him, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <sighs> I, don't, I don't like many things. I'm not beginning to find that out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so do you have any other... What makes you like this movie so much? Uh, sentimental value. Um, I don't know, something about my ex-girlfriend showing it to me. It like really stuck with me. And when we were together, it was a beautiful thing. Like we, Our relationship was really like dreamy. I hope Melody doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was very fairy tale, like how we met and like... like how we got along and like we had everything in common and it all seemed like so perfect and so, she was like showing me all this shit why aren't but, you with this person still because <laughs> we didn't get along anymore I, I don't know we just fell apart over time that that actually makes sense having um, too much in common with someone doesn't it's really good in the start it doesn't make for like a long lasting yeah. relationship yeah in in the end i think she got bored with me and just wanted to move on it, it's a sad thing so yeah but, I don't know. It was for the best. But this reminds you of happier It times. reminds me of happier times, and, like, she... Uh, Even though it that, makes you cry. Yeah, well, yeah, I love crying. I, as we've like established. I said, well, like I said, I, I had a traumatizing thing happen to me as a child that has basically instilled into me that it is not uh, proper to cry. So, like, subconsciously I cannot unless I... It, it bottle it up to the point where I can't bottle it up anymore, and then it just comes out finally. Or I get super drunk, which mm -hmm. I can't do anymore. So. Right. Yeah. Well. So I have to resort to musicals. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, musicals are a better alternative. 
Yes, they yes, are. Yes, they are. I agree. Although they still leave you with a hangover. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Look, I, while I'm not, like, in Dylan's camp completely, I think I liked this movie better than both of you. Seems uh, like it, yeah. Um, but I, I will say one of my notes that I made is everything that I liked about this movie and that I thought they did really well, they, like, almost immediately just fuck it up. Like, mm. it, and I won't run through bit by bit, but, like, they they do something that I was like, oh, that's amazing. And then immediately, like, in the next scene, I was like, oh, this is awful. Uh, a, a, quick, <laughs> a, quick ex, a quick example of it is the... Like, Ewan McGregor is in this. Oh, this is great. I'm going to love this. Then they make him sing The Sound of Music, which I abs- a musical that I absolutely fucking hate and can't stand. So then I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, and it's just, that was kind of my experience through the whole movie. It was I went, a roller I, coaster. I, yes. And I started really getting into it, and then I'd be like, oh, this is awful. And then I'd get into it again, and yeah. Well, at least I'm glad you got into it at several points in your viewing experience. <laughs> I, I did. I legitimately, I have to say, again, I know we've talked about it, but the scene with the Duke, and I actually even, more so than that, I also actually really like the scene in the tower, um, uh, both when he's waiting for her, mm-hmm. and like you have the musical from, uh, why can't I remember the character's name, but uh, where the like head of the Moulin Rouge is distracting him because she isn't Zizzle. there. Yes, thank you. Uh, I don't know why I couldn't remember that but anyways that whole scene was phenomenal i thought Mm -hmm. like and it didn't have any of the characters that i really liked in it but i just the way they did it uh i thought was really good i'm glad you liked parts of it (laughs) i was i was so like nervous that, that like you guys were all just gonna like tear it to shreds and then i would just be this defeated husk sitting on the couch next to my brother who had betrayed me <laughs> well to be fair we haven't rated it yet so don't get okay. too excited yeah don't get too excited but yeah, definitely don't I, I will say aladdin did it better but uh, <laughs> but I, I the movie was fun it, re- it really was um Good. in parts and then also like torture in parts so, <laughs> Jesus. um uh, <laughs> And and I think the the thing that really brought its rating down to where it is right now, and and it don't worry, it's not as low as Jake is ever going to rate it, but um, it probably would have been a lot higher except for the way they kind of pull you out at the end and yeah. break that that feeling. Really, just left me with kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. So right, I get that. So, does anyone have anything else, or are we ready to get into the trivia portion for this? Uh, I, I've got one more thing. Oh, I feel like this movie has taught me sort of what kind of musical I like and what I don't. And it's like crystallized that for me because I did again. I really liked that spectacular, spectacular segment of the stuff with the Duke. All, all of the like funny slapsticky stuff. I was super mm-hmm. into that. Like fifteen minutes of the movie. But, like, as soon as it starts getting into, like, the more, like, heightened emotional stuff, that that's where musicals just fall apart for me personally. Like, it, it doesn't up the emotions for me. It just completely pulls me out of the movie, and it removes any emotional weight for me. I think uh, that's just a form instantly. of escapism. I don't know why. I think it, you're it just trying to avoid does, your emotions. Like, I think, like, any just 
fun like comedic musical I can get into, but any like serious emotional stakes just immediately I lose interest in the musical. I'm hearkening back to what David said earlier of, uh, about how you acted in high school and how you... <laughs> so it's making sense. <laughs> I mean, it's, he's not wrong. <laughs> Dylan, you're a mean girl. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to be mean. Uh, they're called plastics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm plastic. <laughs> right, so the uh, the necklace worn by Nicole Kidman was made of real diamonds wow. and platinum and was the most expensive piece of jewelry ever specifically made for a film. Jewelry at the time, is I guess. stupid. <laughs> the Stefano <laughs> Canturi necklace was made with 1,308 diamonds, wow. weighing a total of 134 carats, and was worth an estimated U.S. $1 million. That's $1 million. That's several dollars. Yes. One million of them, you One, might say. A million of them, yeah. Uh, no, waste. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I actually uh, kind of agree with that one, but, what? like... Oh, I would say that if this was my favorite movie. <laughs> Kubert Zirconia is a thing. Like, right? They probably, they probably just, like, rented it, I imagine. Uh, no, they actually... They bought it? Well, they... They made it for They specifically the designed it for the film. Oh, it, wow. Yeah, it was made for film. That's excessive. Yeah. Uh, in original, only, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is because of like the way they wanted to do the like refraction uh, on it when they they like have it first put on and she turns, yeah. And so you need like real diamonds for that, or mm -hmm. you know, special effects. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but I wonder if they did screen tests where they had like a different you know and versions like of the version uh, of yeah. the necklace, and they're like. Uh, 1,268 diamonds just isn't enough. We need 1,308. <laughs> or they were looking at their budget and they were like, oh, we got like several million dollars to spend. <laughs> What's let's, a million dollars on a necklace? Let's no go big. to Red Lobster and then we'll buy, I don't know, a necklace or something. <laughs> hey, they need some of those cheddar baked biscuits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's bring it up. <laughs> Right, so, they uh, had to convince Eric to sell his soul to the military. <laughs> yeah. uh, in original drafts of the script, Satine had a three-year-old child, and the story was told in flashbacks told by Christian to the child. Oh. Glad they didn't do Yeah, that, that would have been awful. Uh, the wardrobe Shit department man. created 300 costumes, and at one point, 80 people were employed by this task. Holy shit. That's a lot of Cheddar Bay biscuits. That yeah, they that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Heath Ledger were contenders to play Satine and Christian. Hmm. Other possible Christians include Hugh Jackman and... What? Jake Gyllenhaal. What? what? <laughs> no. No way. No. Yeah. Oh, you that would have been you don't need either of those men singing. I don't know. I mean, I've never I heard Jake Gyllenhaal sing. He could be good. He's probably beautiful. Yeah, he's probably he does every Everything he touches is golden. Yeah, he's perfect. No. He is perfect. No, he is no Brian Cranston, guys. <laughs> All right, he is. To be fair, uh, who is though? Yeah, that's, that's true. He's but a, that's what he's I'm a saying. National treasure. <laughs> he's what? No, Nicholas Cage needs to be left way out of this. All right. Yeah, he's way better than all everyone we're talking about here. He's not better than Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Bees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, other possible Satines inclu include Kate Winslet, okay. 
Don't know who that is. Yes, you do. That. Titanic, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Fucking Mind. I don't Pig. know names. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know names. I don't know states. <laughs> I don't know countries. I don't know, I don't know the facts. Of the do you know who I am? <laughs> My brother. I sometimes wonder. I don't know your birthday. Uh, yeah, I know. Bastard. <laughs> Hillary Swank, Renee Zellweger, and Drew Barrymore. Okay. Drew Barrymore would be strange. Yeah, that would be very odd. Courtney Love auditioned for Satine and allowed Boz Lerman to use Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit in the mm. opening sequence, a rare case of allowing her late husband Kurt Cobain's work to be used in film or TV. Oh. I can't really imagine Courtney Love being no. uh, <laughs> in the role of Satine, though. No. And then the one I already read about uh, the contemporary music mm -hmm. and Orpheus. Orpheus so, sounds like Morpheus. Very good, but Morpheus <laughs> has the M. And he has sunglasses. Yes, he does. With no sides. That's right. Yeah. It's actually <laughs> taken straight out of the Greek myth. <laughs> the they, the they sunglasses. sunglasses back then? Yeah, for sure. They were a gift from Hermes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess that just leaves us with the dun, 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 ratings. ratings portion. <laughs> ratings. Remit. Oh, ratings. <laughs> <laughs> if we can get a spit take on here, that'd be great. <laughs> we almost got David. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Uh, With this ginormous jug of water, or vodka, some nondescript liquid. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never tell. Yeah. All right, so uh, in guest fashion, we will let you guys go first with your rating for The Matrix. You want me to go first? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh... So before I give my rating, I will I will give my rankings it's established. I have a spreadsheet prepared. <laughs> oh my god. So the matrix is uh, number 76 on the list. Uh, it's between Toy Story and Superbad. Okay. Uh, and I am giving it a seven. Okay. Would be much higher, but Keanu Reeves is Fucking awful in that movie. It's true. <laughs> Which Keanu Reeves has gotten better, so much better since then. Agreed. He, uh, he really has. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like. Admittedly, yeah. He's, he's John Wick was great. He's not great in that movie. Admittedly, uh, I don't have a spreadsheet, um, <laughs> but uh, I do have good taste. Uh, something Jake is lacking, uh, and uh, I gave The Matrix a seven point nine out of ten. Uh, part of it for nostalgic reasons, but also I just, I really like that movie. I like the openness of it. I like um, the visual aspects of that movie, especially for it being 1999. For sure, yeah. So. All right, Dylan. I'm going to rate it a... I'm going to give it a 9.2. I love it. Really? Yeah, I think it's great. Okay. I think that, we are talking about The Matrix now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love it. Yeah. I... I I was so burnt out from watching movies, and I had the mad dash and all the stress, and I still loved it. I was like, "This is this is great." Wow! That's all great. right, I yeah. I can dig it. Okay, so I guess that just leaves me in in a rare form. I will also rate it higher than the person that uh, actually yeah. selected the movie. I'm not going to go as high as you though. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with uh, eight point four. That's pretty good. It's great. Yeah, but not you know. Not 9.2. It's, no, it's no Demon Knight. <laughs> We're uh -huh. going to be getting real disparaging here. <laughs> okay, so moving on to Mean Girls. Uh, well, 
sadly, this movie doesn't live up to my original claim. Oh. Although it did when I first made the list. <laughs> it is not in my top 25. Oh, no. Oh, wow. It is, in fact, number 26 on my list. Oh, you couldn't wedge one of them down? You just <laughs> yeah, shimmy it in there? Oh. <laughs> then it wouldn't be an honest list. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Uh, but it is between uh, Rashomon and The Truman Show. Oh, I love Truman Show. And I give Mean Girls a 9.7. Holy, Holy shit! shit. Do what you have? What is your number you have twenty five movies uh, rated ten. ahead? Of it? Ten. But how many of them do you have rated ten? Uh, I, I admit, like, I haven't been like doing an out of ten rating. I've just been doing the order in my spreadsheet. But I'd say probably like the top five or six, I would give a perfect ten. Wow. What did you say? Nine point seven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so oh, I can't remember if we've. David, uh, cl- cover your ears for a second, or take uh-huh. your headset off. You're not doing it. <laughs> I don't remember if we've covered yet, Jake, in uh, Malcolm. I don't think Herkibee has been introduced yet, has no, he? No, he has Okay. Not. All right, so I can't say it where David hears it, so... I won't even put it into the episode, but this remind your ratings. I'm not remind, editing anything out. No, I'm not saying it. I'm not revealing it because oh. I want it to be a surprise to David. But uh, your ratings <laughs> remind me very much of Herkabee's, uh list, and that's all I will say. <laughs> I, have, okay. I, I feel pretty closely related to Herkabee in a lot of ways. <laughs> you can give I'm David. Fine with the, this. You can give David the thumbs up that he can put it. He can. You can put your back, in. back on. Oh, can I can I come back in the room now, yeah. Mom? Am I, am I allowed back? <laughs> this is like when I watched Titanic, and they were just like, "Oh, here's the good scene. Let me put my hand over your face." <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember so that. I'm gonna have to give you the timestamp too, because you're also gonna have to not listen to. No, I'm just gotta. I didn't, re- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't re- reveal anything. Uh, but, uh, Except his penis. Oh my god! <laughs> I missed that bit of video. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, it only showed up in the audio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Gross. All right, David, what's your? uh, I'm sure it's not going to be nine point seven. Oh, it's definitely not. Um, (laughs) So, uh, again, as I mentioned, I have two different ratings for it. One, if you consider the moral of the story being hit your enemies with a bus. (laughs) 8.2 8.2 out of 10. Okay. Uh, however, if you're lame and, you know, take everything else as the the moral of the story uh, and all the feel-goody stuff, then it's 7 out of 10. That's, That's still, still pretty high. high. Yeah. It's, it's very high, and the reason being, while that movie is awful, it is also... Hang on. It is also <laughs> one of the funniest awful things I've ever seen. I hate it the whole time, but I can't stop laughing. Um, it, it, I don't ever want to watch it again, but also if Jake put it on right now, I'd be like, all right, cause I know I'm going to laugh my ass off at it. It's one of those movies. Like I hate it and I love it simultaneously. So that's why it gets a seven. It does seem to warrant repeat viewings because again, this is only the second time I've seen it and I definitely appreciated it much higher this time around than the first go. So I'm sure I would catch even more things, uh, on a third viewing. I mean, I'd have to space it out enough that I wouldn't get so like oversaturated with it. But yeah, I, I definitely will revisit it at some stage, and, and I'll probably appreciate it even more. So, 
And then but. you'll name it a 9.7. <laughs> I don't think so. What do you think, Dylan? All right, let me ask this first. You guys have your ratings already for my movie, right? Correct. <laughs> you can't do that. No, no, no. That, Correct. You try to do yes. that shit with me. You, you have to rate it. And then... <laughs> I, did, I didn't like it at all. I didn't think it was funny. Um... I, I don't know. I don't see what... Melody likes it a lot, and I just don't see why. It's, I guess it's not my type of humor. I don't know what my type of humor is. Um, pain and sadness. Pain and sadness. <laughs> hilarious. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.7. Holy fuck That is... I think the lowest I've ever rated. I think that's I, lower than Killing Zoe. You yeah. know, I, I think, Dylan, uh, if I had ranked this off of memory and not rewatched it... And it had like a bunch of people that I've grown to like from other roles. Mm-hmm. I probably would have ranked it right around there with you. Yeah, I, I was expecting to maybe give it a four at most, mm-hmm. uh, and then I rewatched it. So that's interesting. This was the first time I've watched it, uh, so maybe I do need repeat viewings, yeah, which is definitely. not going to happen. Um, yeah, you need indoctrination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in that same vein. Um, like David said, if he was going off of memory, like if I would have done that, mine probably would have been in like the four or five range as well. But wow. yeah, that repeat viewing, I think definitely won me over. Uh, I'm going to go with the 7.8. I, Damn, I dug that's it. high. I dug it. I liked it. Huh. All right. So Memento. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, jeez. This is going to be a three. <laughs> Do you want to go first on this one, David? Do I? <laughs> uh, so, look, I don't have anything extra to add, but uh, 10 out of 10 did not enjoy 4.9, and that was mostly because of I appreciated the stylistic choice, uh, and I Im- admittedly that's after me like finding a reason to bump it up. <laughs> I originally had this rated at a 2.8. Holy cow. <laughs> so we're just going to we're going to edit that where you said yeah. 10 out of 10 and just leave it at that. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be the only edit, edit of the episode. All. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, after after rewatching it and trying to like check my bias of getting really bored with it um i i gave it a 4.9 because i i do think the premise is interesting i think the execution was terrible do you do you think it's worthy of being taught in classes no but neither is citizen kane and we do that no shit so well i mean actually let me change my answer on that worthy of being taught in classes yes We teach a lot of shitty things in classes. And shitty things can be good building blocks for better things later. Um, Should people learn about it? Yes. Should it be taught as, this is amazing? No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's fair. Even if it's a a teaching moment to tell you what to avoid in doing, uh, Mm -hmm. what pratfalls to you know, avoid as an up-and-coming director because it's mm-hmm. easy to, to know, the ape, the kind of styles of, you know, people, directors you that you've seen. You aping. I get, well, what? Isn't that the first time I said it? I no, it's I, like the fourth. No, that's like your third time. Oh, yeah. really? Third, fourth? Oh, I'm yeah. like, well. You've really been aping it you up. You can go ape yourselves. And <laughs> 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 
I'm going to start throwing shit at you. I had to bring it back to the scatological yeah. stuff, you know. Bringing it back to the gorilla costume. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa. It's just, it's like Full a. circle. You know, we're, we're going in reverse. This, yeah. is, like a, this is the memento of podcast. Oh, oh, get out. Don't do that. Don't do that. Your ratings need to be higher. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So, who's next? Jake. Jake's next, right? Uh,. So on my rankings, it's a little bit above the Matrix. It's at 72. It's right below Nicolas Cage Classic Face-Off, <laughs> right above the Avengers. Okay. And I gave it a 7.1. Hmm. Pretty good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what say you, Dylan? Um, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Um, Rousing endorsement. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was average. I think it should be taught in schools. I thought it was really interesting. Um, but I'm probably not going to remember any part of it uh, in the coming weeks. Do you have antrograde <laughs> amnesia? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a 6.9. Sexy number. Ooh, nice. It is sexy. Nice. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, much like the majority of the movies that I'm, I'm finding upon further uh, rewatch, uh, they don't have the same kind of luster that they wow. did. Um, so I still think it's in the top 10, but now firmly implanted at the 10. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 8.5. And that's mm. your top 10, huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm very critical. Yeah. So About very strange things. <laughs> well, I, I told you what my, Demon Knight is my all-time yeah, favorite movie. True. I said, and I didn't even rate that a ten. Yeah. So I mean, you've never seen a perfect movie, then. No, Rudy. Remember that's eleven out of ten. Oh right, right. Spoiler alert! Well, you guys don't how, even. How can Demon Knight be higher than Rudy then? Just because Rudy is. We're not on the R episode. We're going to talk about. You just that. said Demon Knight was your all-time. I know. We're coming back for R, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't think uh, Eric would like us if we did. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Rudy holds a special place in my heart only because so it's Notre not Dame. numbered. It's yeah, it's it's strictly like if I wasn't such a fanatic about mm -hmm. Notre Dame, then it wouldn't be you know as high as it is. Like if I just took it at face value for being a movie, okay, it's whatever. But yeah. that's why Demon Knight holds the number one spot, but can still be rated lower than another movie. Okay. I have my reasons. All right. <laughs> 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 All right, so we are oh, moving on to Moulin Rouge, <sighs> the London-based. Uh, <laughs> the London. <laughs> you're not. You're never living that down. No. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you know what? No one has made a head grenade joke the entire no, time. That's. Oh, I was. I was saving it. Oh damn it! Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to steal your thunder. All right, Moulin Rouge. What do you think? You want to go first on this one too, David? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so on my rankings, it came in at 189 between Holy Cars God. and Borat 2. Oh my God, that's... <laughs> that's and this, this was on uh, a scale of what, a 200? Uh, I'm at like 215. Okay, so that's not... Uh, okay. Uh, and I gave it... A 3.2. Oh, wow. <laughs> harsh. I, I enjoyed that one section of it. 
hated the rest of it. <laughs> so what is the number 215 movie, and what is the rating for that? Uh, let me pull Just up my spreadsheet From curiosity's sake. Oh, Citizen Kane. Uh, it is the Batman serial from 1938, mm. which is five and a half hours long and incredibly racist. And I'd oh, give wow. that a zero. <laughs> wow. No redeeming qualities whatsoever, huh? Not, it, not, it, like, it's pretty bad. It has like, Batman, kind of. Yeah. So, like, the costume's not even cool or anything like that? Not really. It's... It, it, the, the racism is really the thing that just really puts it over. Sure, I get that. And that's, that's uh, admirable that you took a stand. That also, it's five like and a half racism. hour long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's five and a half hour long and racist. <laughs> yeah, that's a double whammy. <laughs> too long. <laughs> too, yeah. too, too long. racist. Too racist. <laughs> 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 All right, David, so you're up. What's your rating? <laughs> uh, I, I didn't think it was that bad. Like, God, I, I there were parts of it I genuinely enjoyed, and I will admit, 100%, Dylan, I went into this movie expecting to hate it. Okay. I went into this movie expecting to shit all over it, and you were going to hang up, and we weren't <laughs> going to be friends anymore. Um, because that's... I, I was expecting something very much so in the vein of... Uh, and I've done it again. I forgot the name of it when we were talking. <laughs> God bless it. There's another movie that I was forced to watch. Uh, it has Cher and Lady Gaga and... Uh, Gwen Stefani. Uh, burlesque and, and... Burlesque, yeah. And Lady Gaga's not in it. You were wrong about that. I don't care. <laughs> um, Trust it's Jake. Awful. It's number one on his list of his spreadsheet. <laughs> That's right. 10 out of 10. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, anyways, I was very much expecting something in that vein, and it was not that pleasantly. I gave it a 6.9 out of 10. Wow. Nice. Damn. Nice. That makes me happy. Well, now you just stole my thunder because I was going <laughs> to... You're giving it a 6.9 too? Yeah. Wow. Aww. Too high. <laughs> wow. Uh, also, this cements that Jake hates musicals more than you, Eric. Yeah. You, you know, well, I had to do it because I, I had to think of what was my favorite movie and what did Dylan rate it. So in order to be a better person than him, I had to wow. choose... <laughs> what? That's, that's the only I reason? I had to choose a rating that was higher. Did you even <laughs> like the movie? <laughs> I liked enough of it though. I I would at least rate it a six point six six, like you rated okay. Demon Knight. But to but to be a better person, I'm rating it a six point nine. Okay. Just for the brother spite factor. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks. Wow, it got bumped up out of pettiness, and I love it. Isn't that the best reason to bump something though? Just to be I petty mean, as shit. Mm -hmm. It's a real right. Jake reason. I think we already I know never. what your response is going to be. Yeah, I'm giving it a ten. It's my favorite movie of all time. I, I love okay. it. I know all the words to every song. But but realistically, there you find no fault in anything whatsoever. There's you don't fault think that in there's everything. Anything that there's could faults be better. in everything, but my love for it chooses to ignore that. Just like if you love some a person, you you can look past their flaws. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I got deep. God, we're, don't you feel like an asshole now, Jake? <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, no, I stand by my choice. <laughs> I, I will say, 
I do agree with Dylan's uh, rating system. I, I don't think a 10 out of 10 movie should be a perfect movie because I think mm -hmm. that's too hypothetical and subjective to ever really exist. To me, a 10 out of 10 movie is your favorite movie. That makes sense yeah. to me. But, I mean, uh, I agree, but also what a perfect movie is is subjective, as you said. So what's perfect to me doesn't have to be perfect to you. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. That's, I, I'm, I'm fine with Dylan, you know, putting this movie that I hated as a 10 because it's his favorite movie. That makes sense as a rating system to me. Your rating system's wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, guys, this was so much fun. I mean, I knew it would be, and, and I've been looking forward to this since we discussed it, and I'm so glad to have you guys on. I uh, can't wait to join you guys again on your show, uh, which, Jake, uh, apparently you didn't tell David that I'm coming back on. That was a surprise to him. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, apparently we're recording next week with Eric. Is that next week? I think it's two weeks out. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is next week, but we can talk about that through email or whatever afterwards or, yeah. you know, once we are, are done with the recording. But, uh, yeah, thanks again so much for being on, guys. Go ahead and, and plug your show and, and, uh, and the live stream and, and all that stuff. So I'm not editing any of this, by the way. <laughs> Fair enough. Wow. <laughs> Anyways. Very on brand. <laughs> uh, very on brand. Um, if you want to find us... For our live streaming, where we just kind of play video games and chat and have a good time, head over to twitch.tv slash lpdeathray. And our podcast is Life is Unfair, which you can find in all the podcast places. It is our Malcolm in the Middle recap podcast. And once again, it's great, and I can't uh, endorse both of those things any more highly than I already do. Uh, everyone has already heard uh, me laud the praises on both of you guys' things over and over and over again. So if they're not already listening, I would be really, really surprised. Uh, but yeah, give them guys a listen. It's it's great. And uh, if for no other reason, if for some reason you like me and Dylan more than you like Jake and David for whatever reason, I have guested on their show on the episode How Quits, and I will be guesting on their show again. I don't want to reveal the name because then David will know what it's about. So... <laughs> I, I like that you guys are keeping these things secret from me, uh, but also uh, rude. And now we just got to get Dylan to guest on, a, on an episode. I don't think that would go very well. I'm not, I'm not fact-oriented. It's, it's not about being have you, have factual. You? It's about being funny. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Have you paid attention to me in this? Like, I <laughs> can true. do facts, but I don't. <laughs> I'll just tell stories about uh, gorilla suits and fish sticks. <laughs> now you're getting what <laughs> I contribute. See? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be a perfect match for their pod. It's great. All right. So we are going to file that under M. Filing it. The mega episode. Thanks again, guys. Signing off. That's how you're ending yep. it by saying signing off. Well, now we're ending it by saying whatever your bullshit. Yeah, because I'm not editing it. Mm -hmm.